cigars all around Cheers, y'all Welcome, my friends, to this fine little radio program known as Smoking and Toasting um, internationally, across state lines, all all the good stuff. We're we're everywhere. We're everywhere just you want to be. We're like, what was the was it Visa uh, or Mastercard? Yeah, everywhere, you, everywhere want you want to be. Yeah, see. Um, so I, I, you know, I watch stealing taglines. I watch most of my. Um, uh, television shows now streaming. So if uh-huh. I get commercials, they're the commercials that they put into the stream. And some of the things like Netflix, obviously, there's no commercials, and mm-hmm. some of the other. But some of them, if you're watching the CBS thing or whatever, you'll get commercials. But the problem is, there's only about four, and they just repeat them over and over and, and over. over. And so over, yeah. I'm not getting all the commercials, which is nice. But boy, do I hate the four they've you got. You get to know those Oh, four. my God. It's the worst thing ever. So uh, our little program has a commercial announcement. We are brought to you by uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth by BB Italia and BB Lemon uh, in uh, Houston, Texas. And welcome, my friends. It's nice to have you on board. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My erstwhile co-host is Ian Barry. Howdy, welcome y'all. to the show. Nice to How are things this week? Things are good this week. I've had a good week. How about you? Man, the weather's been actually pretty oh, nice. It went down. Really nice, it yeah. came up a little bit, but yeah. it's down again today. Yeah. That's pretty nice. And when I say the, the the weather goes down a little bit, I mean that means it's it was down to what eighty eight today. I know it. It one of the funny <laughs> things about living in Houston, Texas, is when it goes to eighty eight, people go, "Oh, I'm so glad it cooled off." When I lived in Boston, if it got to eighty eight, people wouldn't leave their homes. Man, it was, uh, it was just like so much. <laughs> My weather app on the phone, like it, it's constantly for most of the summer been saying 98 degrees. Yeah. But then there's the thing underneath it that says the heat index feels like 107. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's been, it's been 98 degrees with a 107 heat index yeah, for like most yeah. of this. And, and this is that, this is that stretch, you know, this is, this is yeah. where, this is, this is the part of the year that reminds us why we don't always drink barley wine. Yes. You know? When we get into the winter though. Yeah. And everyone else is snowed in and cold. Oh, and it's we're great. outside in shorts. Yeah. I've said that's, it's that's always. Where you, that's where the payoff is. October <laughs> and February are the two months out of the year where people who live in places not Houston come to Houston and visit and say, I am so moving here. <laughs> the weather is perfect. It's like, well, it's not always like that. Well, welcome to the show. This is show number 149 for Smoking and Toasting, uh, 148 of which you can actually listen to. One of them is the uh, the Notorious Lost Show, the which our former episode. producer decided he wasn't going to post. And I have looked everywhere for it because I wanted, I wanted to post it as the Lost Show. <laughs> and uh, apparently I was a bit bitter on that one and he decided on his own by the way didn't tell us that it was too uh it was one where we were forced to change our name yeah, that's the problem with producers left to their own choices and that's devices. right i mean what are they thinking let's see some some producers know better adam would never do that so you know so <laughs> speaking of adam our guest today is adam purple ian why don't you introduce adam since you guys know each other and you're both wearing shirts that say ccsd so this is one of my brothers in the connoisseurs club of smoking and drinking and mm-hmm. he is one of the more interesting people that i've met as well um currently i'm a, a massage therapist well 
massage therapist, and I'm a manager at 24 Hour Fitness. Oh, America. oh nice. Okay. So, and lives out in uh, California area. Moved out there. I met him uh, when he lived here in Houston and joined. Oh, so I actually, uh, so I'm mistaken. I thought you lived in Houston and were coming back from a visit to California. This oh, is, no, no. This is actually the visit. Right. So, uh, gotcha. this is the weekend every year where we do our CCSD road trip, oh. which begins in in uh, Houston, mm-hmm. ends up going to the Shiner Brewery, mm-hmm. the Spotsil Brewery in Shiner, mm-hmm. and then proceeds to move on in a meandering route onto uh, 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 New Braunfels area. And when you say meandering, that's because of the amount of time spent at the Shiner Brewery. Yes. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and various other and spots. And various other spots in between. <laughs> so it's a road trip. That's, re- that's a really interesting right. uh, uh, concept. I like that. So kind of like a, an extended pub crawl. Right, right. Yeah. So there's some stops that are mandatory. But the first stop, we all meet at the clubhouse. And the second stop is... Um, is uh, the Spotsil Brewery. Do you have a, any sort of secret handshake or, or yes, sign that you have to show? secret. Well, I'm not going to ask you for it. That would be... <laughs> how, how lame would that be? Oh, tell everybody your secret handshake. People start showing up. <laughs> Heard you got beer here. <laughs> I think it's probably... If I had to guess what it was, like like if I was like a spy or something, was trying to infiltrate your organization, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd just come to the door, I'd knock, and when the guy got there, I'd I'd just do my best guess, maybe like the thing Billy Idol used to do in the videos, the, oh, yeah. you know, something like that. Would that work? That, you, well, you'd probably get in for a beer anyway, because <laughs> right. uh, the alertness Good of try, some of our right. members. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got it, I got it. On today's show, by the way. Uh, we're going to be talking about the worst trends in craft beer right now. Now, what this is, obviously we're big fans and proponents of craft beer, but there's so much going on in the field right now. And so a, uh, a recent article kind of polled uh, brewmasters, bar managers, different people who are kind of in a position to have an interesting opinion and said, what do you think? What would you like to see not happening that's happening right now in the craft beer world? And it's a it's a fairly interesting list. I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it, and hopefully some of these trends will die out before they become you know long term things. But the worst trends in craft beer right now is something we'll talk about. We will also be talking about um, who is the craft beer consumer, and by that I mean like. Like, what does that person look like? Demographic people and marketing people love to break down facts and do figures they, and get wear, an average average person out of it. Do they wear skinny jeans? <coughs> right. Do they have a hipster or beard? Or cargo it, shorts. Right. Exactly. I don't think they're it, called cargo shorts anymore. I think cargo shorts are actually out of uh, out style, of so yeah. now they're called messenger shorts. Are they re- is that uh, for, for real? real? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's a thing. What was wrong with cargo? That's that's so like 2016. That's so yeah. <laughs> well, I know that I know that there are certain words that become um, over time become derogatory. They didn't start out that way. I'll give you an example. The word retarded simply meant that something's growth had been impeded. That uh-huh. it was that it was not allowed to um, to reach its full uh, maturity or whatever. But when that word began to be used for a long period of time as an insult, it became a word that was like not cool to say. Right, right. To call somebody retarded is now 
you know, a pretty, you know, a pretty uncool thing to do. So I was wondering if maybe that was the case with cargo. Maybe somehow cargo <laughs> <It's possible. laughs> had become some sort of an insult. Look well, at almost like wearing, Cavaricci's. He's wearing cargo, cargo shorts. You're insulting the cargo industry. <laughs> so, and, and, and he's like, <laughs> and Ian's like, no, I'm not. These are messenger shorts. These are messenger shorts. <laughs> I, yeah, I, actually, that, that's a thing, though. That's yeah. like Because I remember cargo shorts going out, and everyone had cargo shorts but they actually said on tag messenger shorts. And I was like, well, how about that? <laughs> All right, there you go. There's, there's your workaround right there's there. There's your workaround, exactly. exactly. Now that we've gotten our style out of the way. Yes, yes. Well, it's, this is a very stylistic show, as most people know. Uh, I, I do my best to bring you know, a wide variety of Hawaiian shirts to the show. And that's, you know, that's part of what I consider my you know, lot in life. So uh, you know, we all have our thing. Uh, so uh, on on uh, last week's show, we had a couple of great special guests. We want to thank them. We had, of course, uh, Jason Poehler, who mm-hmm. is uh, an independent cigar rep who works with uh, my father and, and a couple of other companies. It was uh, just just a great knowledgeable. I tell you what, that whole Poehler family yeah. has got their cigar thing going. They really do. And, of course, we had our buddy uh, Alan Denny. Oh, nobody cares about it. And uh, so we're we're uh, we're thankful of both those guys. Though we had, and also thanks to uh, Jorge and the staff at Stogies for so uh, awesome. letting us come in and and uh, and smoke up their place. <laughs> Jorge and his remote lights. Yes, that's, that's so funny. Right, the right before the show, too dull yeah. in here. Jorge, can you turn it up? And he just from miles away takes his phone out. And adjust the light. Yeah, it, it was a, a beautiful and brilliant thing. It's technology. <laughs> we're dependent on it. When the apocalypse comes, we're all screwed. Yeah, None of our cars right. will start. We won't be able to turn lights off and on. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a bad thing. But enough about zombies. Um, so uh, we are uh, going to be going through a lot of interesting things, I think, on the show today. But our guest, Ian, Ian had called me earlier in the week and said, hey, um, my, uh, my buddy Adam is in town, and he wants to be a guest on the show. And immediately I thought, he just wants to come drink our beer. That's right. Yeah. But as it turns out, as it turns out, he brought beer. Well, yeah, that was a conversation. I had to talk him into that. Okay. Well, I appreciate (laughs) appreciate you doing that for the show. He brought some great beers from California. So he comes in for road trip every year. Yeah. And one of the ways he pays for his gas on a road trip is he picks up a whole bunch of great California beers that you probably can't get in this area. And then we just buy it from him. It's a a great idea. Everybody everybody wins. Everybody wins. Yeah. yeah. So he drags in a bunch of them. We buy it from him and it helps uh, offset his gas and that kind of stuff. I love it. I love it. So, I mean, just, you know. Help a brother out and great beer. Then what a great way to do that, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's Sharon. I love it. Right. I love Sharon's it. Sharon's awesome. Karen. You can't Sharon's get the beers Karen. here. Yeah. Totally awesome. Uh, also on the show today, we're going to be sampling a, a new tequila. And when I say new, it's new to me. I don't know that it's actually new to the market. But I uh, found a bottle this week, and I had never seen it before. And it is the Centone Añejo Tequila. So we will get to that. It's a beautiful bottle. Beautiful bottle, which we'll get to. And in this case... Unlike most of the time when I bring a tequila to the show, this one has not been opened. I know. So, I was noticing that. I, I, thought, I thought, what it, is this? It's, well, we'll get to that when we open the bottle because it looks like it's like a thing the first time you open <laughs> right, it. You gotta... So, uh, so we'll get to that. So, uh, so crazy week. I was. Uh, uh, I I got to see the Rolling Stones last weekend. Uh, last night I saw the Suffers. So it's been a big music week for That's me. Awesome. I did have chance to do a little smoking, but I'm curious about uh, about your weekend. Did you smoke anything interesting? I did actually. So I followed up on a promise that I made at IPCPR, and I want to talk about IPCPR for just a second. So I've, I've, I've made jokes about sneaking into IPCPR. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I want to put credit where credit's due. Uh, uh, I actually got in um, to IPCPR under Maduro's <laughs> 
uh, list. Uh, Fred over at Maduro's Lounge had such a great guy. Yeah, he's so fun. He's so fun. He had an extra spot and he put me on, and I just thought it'd be fun to say, you know, snuck in. But I wanted to give him full credit and say, man, thank you so much for uh, for getting me in to see this wonderful, awesome show next year. You were still the guy who walked in and went. Oh yeah, totally, totally, totally. <laughs> and so, and, and and it was so awesome. He was so fun and, and so cool about it. So I just wanted to give him a shout out in Maduro Cigar Lounge. If you're ever uh, south and uh, going towards Galveston, Texas City area, then uh, stop by Maduro Cigar Lounge. Yeah, definitely. It, stop those guys are great. Now, while I was there, I uh, actually not too far from uh, the EP Carrillo booth where uh, where Alan Denny was. I ran into a guy uh, named Brian. I, I believe the last name is Shinock. Um and uh, what an interesting character. We just struck up a conversation, and uh, I, I think I have part of that conversation here ready to see. So I'm going to let Adam go ahead and post that up uh, for just a second, and then I'll tell so you more about it. this is you and Brian Chinook. This is our, our terroir line. It's, uh, everything's in a Toro torpedo. Uh, very transitional cigar. It changes from a medium uh, in a medium uh, in, the, in the beginning, and it goes through kind of a low, nice uh, white pepper and creamy spices, and then it ends up with a uh, big spice bomb at the end, so that's yeah, the strength. Increase nice. at the end. Yeah, very transitional. Developing the cigar as it goes along. Exactly. So it, it's very transitional, and you can only do that when you have one roller in Miami at El Titan de Bronze making that cigar for you. She can oh, roll that cigar exactly how you want those she knows tobaccos to get. What do you have down here? And here is our press wall line. This is a San Andreas wrapper. And uh, this, this cigar line is actually made in Honduras. Uh, and it's a medium to full in the strength. And then our, uh, our, our lighter line with a kinetic shade uh, wrapper, also made in Honduras, is our Crim Wall line. Nice. And each one yeah, of the cigars are blended. I haven't seen this brand before. Yeah, we've been around for, for 10 years. Uh, actually, I'm a winemaker in Napa Valley, and I actually then created cigars to go with different wines. Is how this is all started. Oh, so, that's awesome. So Terroir is designed to go with big Cabernets, Merlots. I think it's got a good tannin in it. Uh, Presswell is designed to go with uh, port wines, uh-huh. and then Cremois being creamy uh, goes very with uh, Chardonnays or anything that's got some good butter uh, ML components. Back right. We do on our show. We do a lot of uh, whiskey and cigar pairing. Well, whiskey so. would go perfectly with Terroir. Nice. Yeah. Very, very good for a whiskey. Also, I'm, once again, I'm a wine maker. I'm not a spirits maker, so. Everything's kind of designed to that that level. That's but, awesome, though. That would go really well with. We've it. been talking about doing some wine pairings as well, because usually we, uh, you know, we do uh, we do whiskey and beer a lot of times. Sure. It seems to take a lot of knowledge to get to the wine industry like that. Right, and that's really why we're doing this. We've been doing it for a long time now. I just have to say, I, I was I was moderately jealous earlier that you were at IPCPR. Now I'm insanely jealous. Okay, you know I have a ton of these videos. I right? know, I know. Like this, yeah, uh, like bunches of them. So we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with this. But anyway, man, he was so nice. We just sat there and chatted for a few minutes, and I was like, hey, do you mind if I roll this, uh, you know, roll this uh, video for a little bit? He was telling me about a cigar, so he gave me one. I said, listen, the next time uh, our show comes up, I'm gonna smoke the cigar. I'll call you and let you know. So he gave me his information, and I called uh, this morning and said, hey, we're going to do it on a show. And the reason it's been a little bit is because we've had our shows on location. We've done some on location shows where we're guests. smoking during the show. Sure. So, <clears throat> Right, so this was my next available time. Now, Apparently I, you don't qualify as a guest, Adam. No. <laughs> because, because he's doing it now. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, when did you get here? <laughs> So, um, so, so this, but this is the first time you've first opportunity you've had to showcase. Right, so this, this is the cigar. first yeah. the first opportunity I had to showcase it, and I got a hold of uh, Adam to make sure that we could we could time that with uh, with the video and everything like that. So, um, 
I sat down last night and uh, and had the cigar, and I didn't have wine to go with it. Now, he, he mentioned specifically that so he makes that to go with wine, because yeah. uh, Chinook also makes wines. Mm-hmm. That's like their main thing, and then the cigars are uh, a side thing, and he made them to go with it. Uh, but this is a very interesting cigar uh, that I got. First off, it's gorgeous. Like, the cigar itself is just such a beautiful cigar. Um it's a Ecuadorian wrapper uh, and binder, Dominican, Nicaraguan filler. Uh, it's a light brown, smooth, slightly leathery uh, appearance. The band on it is actually pewter. Like, really? That's not a paper band. That's pewter cool. colored. That's yeah. actually pewter. Wow! Like how cool is that? Because yeah. it's because it feels awesome too. Like you pick it up, the cigar feels nice and firm. Um, not too firm, but nice and firm. It feels like a good solid cigar. And then you got that pewter band on there. I mean, it just feels super quality. And when you're done smoking, you have jewelry. That's right. That's so. right. You could wear it on. Oh, I didn't even think about it. I could have put it on my pinky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, been mm-hmm. like a gangster. Same. But anyway, um, so <laughs> so the one that uh, the one that he uh, laid on me was a six by fifty two Toro. Uh, this uh, I, I looked it up uh, uh, to get a little more information on it. This was actually blended by uh, the legendary Willie Herrera. Oh, this guy knows so tobacco. That I'm immediately, you. Yeah. and I was looking at this right before mm-hmm. I uh, lit it up. This immediately went thought to myself, well. That puts it at, like I, I expect expectations this much just already. went up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now I'm assuming with an actual pewter band, this is not a cheap cigar as well. I didn't look up the price of the cigar till I was done, and yeah. that was intentional because I wanted you know yeah, that's yeah. kind of a fun thing. So uh, the pre-light sniff on this was barnyard earth, fermented hay, and a hint of mint. It was uh, just mm. kind of in the background, kind of like this fermented hay. That's that's very specific. You know, I my like brother that. made fun of me for that. I like it though. So, I like but it. you know what I'm talking about, like. Have you ever have you ever like <clears throat> turned over hay that's been sitting there for a while? Right, and right. And it's got that, that little musky kind of a, right, right. A and it's, it's a good smell. It's a very yeah, it's, homely it's a, kind of smell. Right. right? It, it yeah. makes you feel right. like you're right. like you're getting your hands dirty in a good it's, way. Yeah, but it's it's such a good smell. It's a, uh, and anyway, so that's what that's what it reminded me of. The initial light was pepper uh, right off the right off the bat, not in a harsh way, just a lot of pepper, <clears throat> creamy, sweet, uh, with nutty and a little bit of campfire going on. Mm-hmm. It was actually a pretty pleasant light. It was a uh, it was uh, intense. Um, right past the initial light, right at the beginning of the first third, I did a whiskey sniff, and the Balvenie 15 Sherry Cask is what won on that one. I can imagine that could win a lot. Yeah, and, and, well, just... and it's a Sherry Cask, too, so I yeah. figured the Sherry, for whatever reason, like that smell, and I tried, I smelled a bunch of them, and, and it didn't want to go with anything real smoky, but that, that yeah. Sherry Cask just went right with it. Um, the first third, sweet, creamy, nutty, cedar, solid ash, perfect burn. I mean, this thing this thing was great. Uh, the uh, second third of this, a little bit of kind of dark fruit flavors were coming up in the background. It was mm-hmm. really interesting to me. Like, this thing was evolving, and I like that about it. More cedar were sh- was showing up on it, too. That kind of, I, I really like that flavor. Uh, sweet creaminess was still there. Very nutty finish. Uh, the, the finish, which was more cedar before, it was now turning more of a nutty finish to it. The um, the, yeah, in the, somebody's, the perfect somebody's volume needs to go down. And this. solid <laughs> ash. Yeah, do you have a volume knob? You can take um, that down. The uh, third third of this, the power ramped up a bit. It was becoming stronger. Um, yeah, and in a good way, not a bad but way. A lot of cigars do that in the last third. They get right. They get a bit so it more. got a little more of the pepper. The pepper that was at the beginning kind of went away a bit and was very very background, if at all, and then came back on the last third of this. Subtle pepper, uh, leather came in to it. It was very nice. The nutty and cedary kind of thing were fighting on the finish in a good way. It was great. Perfect burn, solid ash. So I looked it up. A box of these is $120-ish for, for 10 20 Over 10 okay. 
So that puts it at a twelve dollar price range, okay. six point five. Wow, nice above average. So, nice, Adam. The way our uh, scale works is it's mm. one to ten, right? And at five, you get exactly what you pay for. It's a price versus quality. So five is a great rating. So five is a great rating. Six point five is a really. This great was rating. an outstanding. I love the development of the cigar from. The so you're saying if this was a thirteen or fourteen dollar cigar, you would not. I have wouldn't been have batted an eye at fifteen dollars wow. on this one. Nice. Like the, just nice the quality done. of it and and the quality of flavors. I wish I had the uh, uh, the wine to try with it. I might have to go find one of these. I don't know how much distribution they have in Houston, but I might have to find one of these and actually try it with the with the wine. I think he said that one goes with a cab um, or uh, or a. I don't remember what else he said. I'll have to look back at the video. But uh, I'd love I'd love to try that. But great cigar uh, and like really super nice guy. Brian like Chinook, yeah. That's good. And it's fun at something like IPCPR. I mean, you know that Drew Estate's going to be there and, you know, all the big all the big players and stuff. But it has to be fun finding something a little more out of the way like well, that. Well, I yeah. actually aimed a little bit towards boutique. Like, yeah. first off, some of the bigger companies were just so busy. Yeah. Like, well, I they're mean, taking orders left and right. Yeah, and, so yeah. it was a little more approachable, especially for me being the first time. But some of the little companies, man, uh, they're they're standing around. They have their stuff, and some of them are really interesting. You know, love it, love it. Well, uh, I had an interesting one uh, this week. It was given me uh, given to me by. Uh, I, lately, I seem to be reviewing cigars that people gave me a lot, which is interesting <laughs> because I do buy a lot of cigars right. and smoke them. But uh, the ones I've been talking about on the show have been uh, lately have been ones that were given to me, and this one was as well. It was given to me by our buddy and former EP Korea rep Alan Denny, who mm-hmm. n- nobody cares about. Nobody cares. Uh, but uh, Alan uh, is recently left uh, EP Korea. He's getting involved in uh, redoing and reopening a, uh, a cigar shop. He's going into the in, in retail Galveston, side, going of, back yeah. into the retail side. So. Very interesting, Retail, yes. yeah. Uh, and so we've been hearing, and Alan denies all of this, by the way. So, so, but we've been hearing rumors that there's a little behind the scenes craziness right now. Eddie B. Carrillo. We know Jose Blanco left the company. He was like the guy that we've had on the show here, who was just maybe one of the smartest tobacco guys we've ever had the opportunity to talk to on the show. Uh, you know, uh, Alan won't. I mean, he won't comment. Well, he basically denies everything. But it's clear something's going on internally at the company. Well, despite all of that, these guys are still hitting it out of the park with their cigars. I, I want to I want to revisit what you just talked about, but go ahead and tell us about your right. cigar first. All right. So um, it, it was a really good looking cigar, medium brown, uh, with a band that looked giant. Cigar is about that long, but the band covered like half the cigar. <laughs> right. It was one of those, you know, really pretty band, but ridiculously large. Um, Sun grown uh, Ecuadorian wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and fillers. The pre light was nutty and grassy, very pleasant to the nose. A little bit of a maybe wheat in there. Uh, nothing, nothing as poetic as fermented hay. But you know, I, but I enjoyed it. It was it, it was good. Once I lit it, the cigar settled down fairly quickly. There was a bit of pepper early on, but that gave way to nuts and toast. In fact, there was so much toast that I actually nicknamed the cigar Toasty McToast Face. <laughs> That's how toasty it was. So Toasty and I enjoyed a nice evening <laughs> nice. on the uh, balcony at my uh, at my building together. And uh, I also got some wood and uh, leather notes as well as some earth by the time I hit the last third, which is interesting because uh, I've noticed in some cigars that I've tried that have had a lot of earthiness, it's either there throughout or it comes on early and you kind of lose it to some right, of the other right. stuff as it goes. In this one, the earth kind of seemed to come on later in the cigar. So I just thought that was very interesting, but it's very complex. And the construction of this cigar was absolutely amazing. You know, I've had 
a few of those cigars I've talked about here on the show that have just they've been delicious, but they've just fallen completely mm-hmm. apart. I mean, this was not one of those. I mean, it burned so straight and true, and, and you can see this by the pictures as they come up. Uh, the ash hung on like a champ. If it hadn't been for that ridiculously large band, I'm convinced the ash would still be on that cigar <laughs> after I'd finished smoking it, put it out, put it into the ashtray. It was it was just really wonderfully constructed. Um, the Capa del Sol is an eight to nine dollar cigar price to quality i'm going to give it an easy six um maybe even higher uh, it's it's just a great cigar and i'm so impressed with ep carrillo's uh the quality of their line right now and this one and of course it's the sun-grown wrapper but this one like the last ep carrillo i got this is not the encore this is not their one that got number one in right. the uh, in the uh, magazines and stuff this is their more affordable side of the line and i mean it's it's a knockout so i i recommend it highly very very good stuff awesome i actually had that last week while we were uh while we were on the show i think or right before the show i can't remember which did you and nickname yours toasty mctoast face outstanding cigar <laughs> i didn't think of that i wasn't yeah. clear <laughs> alan right. bradley made one he just called it magic toast magic toast and that's <laughs> that was, that's a good name tasty. i like it all right we're gonna take a quick break when we come back adam purple i, I don't even know what uh, beers you have brought us but uh, only thing I know about them is they're uh, California, or, or at least I assume they're California. Yeah, uh, stuff from out west. All right, stuff from west out west. Coast. So we're looking forward to that. This will be a taste treat for us, <laughs> things we might not get. Uh, of course, I was in California for a month last year, tried mm-hmm. to try as many beers as I could, uh, but that's you know nothing new. Uh, but you know, I'm hoping we have some uh, some really. I still nice try ones. to wreck the supply of the 805. Yeah. Oh, so uh, good. Got some of that for the oh, meeting. Yeah. Got Fire some of that. Walker, yeah, so good. Got so some good. of that for the meeting later today. Nice. Uh, very <laughs> nice. All right. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back with our next segment. It's smoking and toasting show number one hundred and forty nine, and we'll be right back. And I'm thirsty. It's smoking and toasting, and it's show number 149. My name is Cruz. Ian Barry is my uh, co-host. Adam Purple is crazy. our guest. And we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston uh, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, by BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, BB Lemon on Washington Ave as well, and a new BB location Coming soon. Shrouded, shrouded in mystery. We'll call it BBTBA. It <laughs> BBTBA. I like that. That sounds. Doesn't it sound like a bank? It does sound like a <laughs> bank or a stadium <laughs> of some sort where they would play soccer. Uh, so welcome back to the show. Um, every week it seems we're able to tell you about another celebrity or band or or you know something like that uh, that's getting involved in either you know whiskey or cigars or or beers. This one, and I know I know you're going to make fun of me. For this, but I actually like this band, uh, the band Live. I've always I liked. Them. Like live. Oh, you do? Yeah, See, man. I th- I thought you were gonna Dude, like that totally first, that first totally live hate album on me for furious, that. Man. Yeah, well, there uh, I I like <laughs> now like a lot of bands from that era, especially alt rock bands. I don't know if their later stuff really held up to some of the early stuff, uh, but I, I loved the Throwing Copper album, which yeah, was their yeah. real breakthrough album. Yeah. And Live has now released because Throwing Copper is 25 years old, which just made me feel 
85 now, hold years on. old. Is that yeah. the one with Pain Lies by the Riverside? No, that no, the one that's, before it, it's the one after. Yes, yeah. oh, it's the, the one, one after. after it. Yeah, this, it's the one that had Lightning Crashes and uh, gotcha. I Alone. Because so, those and, two uh, albums by Live are so yeah, good. Yeah. I'm still looking at you a little dubious about the Chevelle thing, but yeah, I, uh, no, you can respect on. on the live look, look, go see them live. You'll, you'll buy in. I am not a teenage girl that wants to cut herself. There was no teenage girls at the show. I'm I telling you. I have the eye makeup to go see Savelle. <laughs> no, they're not like that. It's not that kind of band. I just love getting you around. I up. know you do. I know you do. They were great live. That's when they won me over. Like, I, I thought their music was good, but like when I saw them live, I was like, all right, I get it. I get it. Because uh, it was just a rock show. It wasn't like, they weren't tr- it wasn't trying to be something that it wasn't. It was just a rock show. Stones were kind of like that, by the way. Which was which was refreshing, um, but anyway, live throwing copper, which I think is a landmark alt rock mm-hmm. album, if you will, uh, is twenty five years old this year, and live in uh, conjunction with uh, Al- Alosta Brewing Company ha- is releasing throwing copper ale, which this time I think it's kind of clever. It's oh, an course. actual copper ale, nice. and uh, they're calling it throwing copper ale, and it the cans have the artwork from the uh, cover of the album and, and all that kind of stuff, which is very. Unusual, uh, bizarre. Kind Speaking of, of copper so, ale, Buffalo yeah. Bayou, eighteen thirty-six. Oh, are you kidding me? That's Bad so ass. good. That Bad is so so good. By the way, speaking of, and you know, one of a uh, one of our uh, uh, pieces of bumper music that we use coming in and out of uh, the segments here is by the Houston band, The Suffers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you hear I, those horns. That's I, the Suffers. I went to see them uh, last night in a sold-out show in a sweaty room at a place I hadn't been to before called the Secret Group or the Secret Society. Oh yeah, that's or right there. Uh, that's right there East across Downtown. from the. Yeah. George R. Brown, yeah. What A, what a show, and B, secret group. Oh, cool boy, do, boy, do they have a good beer menu. Yeah, it's a cool room. They I mean, do a, a lot of comedy one. there, Yeah, I think. mostly yeah, comedy, yeah. I think. They have a lot of uh, uh, comedy and open mic nights, and they support right. local comedians and all of that. But in this case, they did a show. Show was great, and I really, really enjoyed the beer. It was it was really nice. nice. It was really nice. So, uh, But anyway, um, I, am, uh, I am very excited because we're going to be trying some interesting beer on this show. And Adam Purple is our guest. Adam is uh, Ian's uh, buddy. When did you move to California? Uh, about ten years ago. Okay, so you, uh, but you were were you a part of CCSD in yeah, Houston was, before you correct moved? So how long has has this club been around, Ian? Uh, mm. Since ninety five. Yeah, since ninety five. Yeah. Wow, think about all that has happened in smoking and drinking since ninety five. <laughs> right. What's the what's how the total number of members in the Houston chapter now? Houston chapter's up to a hundred and two. I want to say something like yeah, something 102 like that. I'm members. Number 72 out of those. You were number 72. Number 72. Yeah. We all we all have a, a a club number and a club name, which is different from our uh, uh, given name. And so when you go to meetings, do you use your club name? Yes. And the Billy Idol hand and, thing. And, 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 and yes, <laughs> secret hand pump. Secret hand pump. Yeah. There are actually members that I don't really think I know their actual names. But um, <laughs> plausible deniability. <laughs> right. I like that. That makes such sense. But so, makes such so sense. Adam or DJ, as he's known in the club, uh, moved oh, out. he just gave away the secret now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on my shirt. So. Well, that's true. That's so true. Uh, he moved, when he moved out to California, he actually started up his own chapter of CCST oh, that's very cool. Right. So how is that one coming along? Have you? Well, we got thirteen members. It's it's coming along, but so, slowly. Now I've lived in California. Um, it seems to me that Californians in general that it might be a little tougher to get a club like that off the ground. Right. They don't want to leave their house. Yeah, yeah, and they're just a little more I don't know, it's not it's not quite as 
brotherhood oriented. Yeah. It's more about it's uh, pulling teeth to get them to yeah, show up to yeah. meetings. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's I get more bra. Even when it's smoking and drinking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it were a surfing club, you'd be like all day, you, you know. But, uh, but well, that's that's very cool though. And and I yeah, see, I, I just I just missed the club so much that you know I had to open my own chapter. I love it. It's such a great idea. Now, when you start getting ready for your road trip back here, so you can go on the road trip with the Houston yeah. CCSD. <laughs> How long does the shopping for the beard that you're going to bring oh, back? And it sell? starts a couple months beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he puts it's, out an email. For shopping lists. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like stuff that people are yeah. asking for. I take requests. Okay. All right. And so tell us about this first beer. I see it's in a uh, a bomber from Cascade Brewing, but uh, right. tell us what we're de- dealing with. And Ian, maybe you can be Mr. Torley and show that to the camera. Yeah. Do you know a lot about this beer? I know a little bit about Cascade. They It actually is available here now, I think. But so, some of it, yeah. In their early days, it was only West Coast, and they went through a little hiccup. They stopped all their internet sales, and we all thought they were going to go out of business, but they came back and doing well now. Interesting, yeah. Well, there's, you know, it's it's such an interesting world out there right now for craft breweries because uh, it's almost like the ones that are bigger are struggling more right. uh, than than the ones that are smaller. So I, I don't even know so, what it would be like to guy, you know, to to maybe get smaller and then come back. But, uh, yeah, I've heard great things about Cascade. I'm trying to think if I've actually had something from Cascade. It's, it says this is Cascade Brewing House of Sour. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. We may have had a Cascade this, Sour. This is actually their 20th anniversary edition, the okay. Bubonic Plague. Bourbonic Plague. Bourbonic Plague. I love it. Yeah. As in bourbon. Yeah. It's, well, a, uh, it's a dark sour aged in bourbon barrels. Nice. Nice. Comes in at ten point five. See what it says on the back. So this is actually a vintage bottle because they're older than twenty years now. This right. is two thousand sixteen. So this has had some okay. age on. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that it has a little bit of age on it already. I see a nice. major problem with that bottle. Oh, it is still corked. The top of it is yeah. A, the top of the it is, is, sure. is sealed. Make we, sure you get it right by the mic when you pop. Yeah, so we get, so a, we get a little little authentic uh, sound effect. That we, that <laughs> we, we, we try so to do the best the by having authentic sound effects. Mm-hmm. It costs a little more. We feel like it. Yeah, we feel like it's it's worth it adds it's to the worth show. the trouble. It adds to the show, and and it is what it is. So uh, so authentic sound effects and really expensive plastic cups. That's what our show is about, right there. Oh, that was a good that one. Was awesome. <laughs> Save that one. Rack it. As For those say. of you not watching and just listening, this is a this is a a, a big bomber with a cork, uh, mm-hmm. much like uh, much like you see on a, a wine bottle. Or yeah, it looked very much like a wine or champagne. And champagne, because uh, mm-hmm. champagne has the wire around the top. Yep. yep Man, look absolutely. how fancy these plastic cups are. I'm telling you, dude. I can smell the, the sour the minute that thing. I, I, I was just saying, I'm further away from it than like, you are, and I could so smell good. it as well. I'm going to pass that one to Adam, but. Um, Adam's yes, over there giggling. He's like, I smell sour over here. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, you know, sours are, uh, they are definitely an acquired taste. I love them. Um, but I do run into a lot of craft enthusiasts that really, really don't quite get the sour thing. I We've had this. some that are so good that it oh feels gosh. like it's impossible not to get. And this is yeah. the right. bourbonic, the bourbonic plague. Bourbonic plague. <laughs> bourbonic plague. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I didn't like sours until I moved out to California because... Sadly, ten years ago, sours weren't a thing in Texas. Well, and and a lot of the sours yeah, the only one you that you get, get in were Texas kind of, was Petrus, and, right? And that's a very sour beer. That's not like Fisher Price, my first sour. That's like 
very well, similar. Well, I, I remember there was a time I would have told you I don't like any fruity beers. You had you only yeah, had a couple because like, most fruity beers were awful. You right. only you had know? a couple like um, uh, you had Boiler Room from St. Arnold. Well, that was great. Which which was a Berliner Weiss, mm-hmm. which is a little sour and mm-hmm. tart. Not like this. So this is very very tart. This is yeah. And I want to tell you like I. I I'll, I'll talk about the flavors in a minute, but I want to talk about the first sip that hits you with the sour, and then after you swallow, it comes back and hits you with a second wave of sour and yes. flavor and bourbon and everything else. Well, I like, didn't realize. Wow. I didn't realize it says here on the bottle it's a blend of sour imperial porters mm. aged in uh, bourbon and wine barrels for up to two years with, and then it goes on to list the fruits, which I'll let you. Tell me what you're getting, but here's what here's what's interesting about that though is because a lot of the sours you try are ales, they're right. like farmhouse ales or they're Berliner Weiss. Um, this this is actually the is, the base beer here is porter. This is dark cherry skin, mm-hmm. like that really kind of bitter, soury, uh, uh, like the skin of the cherry. This is uh, green grape skin. It's, it's mm-hmm. Really, it's got those those very uh, uh, astringent. Uh, uh, things going on. Too. I love when you can find grapes, the the dark purple grapes that still have the I don't know what you call it, the mushy thing in the middle with the seeds. Yeah, yeah. And you can chew on that as you eat the grape, and it's so sour. And that's exactly what this reminds yeah, me I, of. I is that, that. Uh, I, and those grapes are hard to find. I keep buying oh purple grapes, and I buy them. I get them home. I go, no, wait, wait, hold on. Um, so. Oh, thank you. You were right on it this time. <laughs> Pretty quick, right? Last time I think you tried to do that, you played the fart sound effect. But <laughs> Sometimes I just feel... Oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, this is actually delicious. Uh, do you recall, uh, Adam, what... Uh, and it is 10.5, I think you said that. Uh, yeah. Yep. But do you recall like what this bottle sells for if you're in California looking for it? Uh, that's... About a $40 bottle. Oh, it is? Okay. So, th- And there are a number of bottles of this kind of thing that are upwards of 25 bucks. You start getting into the 30 right. and 40. No, it's like uh, 37, 38, and then right. your CRV and tax. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I noticed beer in general seemed a bit more expensive in California um, when I was there than mm-hmm. uh, actually everything. Seemed well, more they charge you for the bottle, too. Uh, right. For just a moment, please. And then you have to, uh, to redeem it. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see what you. I thought you were. Uh, you know, I started to say I thought you were going to do research, and, but of course that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> I had to uh, pour but, myself some more. It's yeah, so good. It is really delicious. Yes, um, a little more research. But what's funny about it is too, like it doesn't leave you with with a tart on the tongue, um, on the front of the tongue. The, like the tartness is kind of towards the back of the tongue. Yes, and it's such. It's like a, it's like a sweet tart. You know how it leaves uh-huh. that. Right, right. It leaves that kind of like after you're done eating the sweet that tart, sort of not when tingly. you're about to put another one in your mouth, right. but after you're done eating and it and you have that leftover. Like I wish I had another one, but I just mm-hmm. ate the package. It leaves a little bit of that yes. in your mouth. What I uh, you mentioned this at first is that the the sour the tart hits you twice. Yes, which is really interesting. You get yes. that first blast of it, then it kind of fades a little bit, and then whoa, it comes. It and this comes has out. a pretty big mouthfeel. What do you think of this so far? Yeah, I, I love it. I love anything Cascade puts out, but yeah, this, this in particular, I, I love the darker sours. They're they're got really good mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Mm. I agree. This the mouthfeel on this is nice and big and full. The the flavor. It's so interesting because I mentioned the beginning of the flavor and the end of the flavor. The flavor on this actually is full all the way from the beginning to the end, mm-hmm. but it, it varies. So you get that first initial burst of sour because you're smelling it. 
and then you get that super dark cheeriness going on past that, and then you swallow, and then you get all those all those uh, those those tannic kind of things going mm-hmm, on in mm-hmm. the back of your throat, and then it comes back with this aftertaste yes. that has like mm-hmm. a second wave of sour that just gives you all those dark fruity things, and the retro hail on this has like dark fruit like like fig and or raisin kind of things going on and and it's absolutely insane yep. and, and then there's also especially on the retro hail the slight hint of malt like that mm-hmm. old school malt powder like you just bit into that one little ball that didn't yes, yes. mixed in with the rest of it <laughs> right <you know>? right <laughs> right well so i mean it's not quite chewy but you know there's nothing worse than when you have a really good nose and then you throw it back and it's all watery and yeah yeah when it, there's no mm-hmm. mouthfeel to it you know yeah. or, well i will yeah. say that uh this to me is the perfect kind of beer for a bomber because yeah. this is what you want to open up you when a friend this, comes yeah. over you want to share it you want to talk about it you want to you know really kind of take it slow and this is not a throw it back quick and and uh, quench your thirst beer it's a take take the time to really kind of i highly it. suspect that this would not go with anything in the medium to full range cigar wise do you think, think it'd have to be something like I think you'd have to have something with a very creamy, very right. toasty, very like lighter side, campfirey kind of flavors going on. Sort to of even a toasty McToast face. Right. Type of yeah, cigar. toasty McToast face might have worked, right? right? Yeah. Um, because I can't imagine smoking like uh, a, a nice sweet Maduro with this. I just think mm-hmm. that the flavors mm-hmm. would, cl- would clash a lot. The sweet right. and sour might not work yeah, together I don't that think well. Yeah, I don't think they combine. So. It's, it's a fascinating bit. But it is porter-based. But you're right. The, there's the so much sour. sour yeah. There's so much going on there. So much going on. I mean, it just leaves me licking my lips here. Like, mm. this is yeah, so yeah. good. You wonder how much is left in the bottle uh, because it's it's <laughs> like, you're like, I Why could is go my glass on. so tiny? I could go on drinking this. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. We're going to take another quick break, and we'll be uh, right back when we come back. Uh, another uh, California beer that uh, Adam has brought us. Plus, we will be tasting some tequila. What's that? This is actually not California. Oh, this is not California. Where is uh, where is this? This is from Portland. From Portland, Oregon. So these That's are West right. Coast, not necessarily. Yeah, these are West Coast. Right. Okay. The next well, beer will be California. And what part of California are you in? San Francisco. San Francisco. So you're probably, I would say, there. By the way, San Francisco, home to one of my favorite breweries, Bear Bottle. Oh yes. Oh my I love Bear Bottle. Goodness, they make great beer. I don't know that one. I br- well, I, I brought them on the show. You're just not remembering the name. Yeah. Uh, they were in the sort of medium size, but they were IPAs that were super juicy. And we're some of the best IPAs we've had gotcha. okay. uh, on the show. I'll have to go back and listen but, uh, to myself. Yeah. <laughs> you should do that every once in a while. I anyway. do, actually. I do sometimes. I, like, I sometimes do, me and my wife make out to it. I, I sometimes go back and listen to the show and I go, You should try it. Who is that <laughs> nitwit that's on with, with, with Ian on the show? That's, that's what I usually do. And, and you know. If it's all the same, I respect you too much to try to make out with your wife. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm just, I wasn't trying. I'm just trying to say. I mean, I love right, Tiffany. That was awesome. By the I way, I love thank Tiffany you. dearly. That was awesome. But you know, that you would got me on that, that would be a little a little weird. That so, would be awkward. Yes, all right, so we will take an awkward break and uh, be right back. <laughs> Smoking and toasting show number one forty nine, my friends. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> My wife and I make out. You should try it. You guys are outstanding. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are so glad to have you on board with us for show number 149. Now, we don't have anything like, we don't have a 
special celebratory show planned for 150. We're just going to have a normal show for for 150. Uh, but but I think that uh, we'll definitely kind of blow it out for 200. It, it will be a normal show. We are going to call it the Sesquicentennial Extravaganza. Actually, I was going to call it very normal. I was going to call it La Sesquicentennial Extravaganza. Ooh, that's Spanish for the Sesquicentennial. Yes, it is. And so we'll be looking forward. Or you could call it Le. Le, Le. which is French, which is French for the, the sesquicentennial. Good. Yes. good to know. What if it's L sesquicentennial? Man, I I own language. Smoking a toast is brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant, eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Bacon, bacon, bacon. Um, uh, that I'm still just kind of like smacking my uh, lips over the uh, over the wonderful. Um, uh, Sour that we just had, the Cascade Brewing Bourbonic Plague 2016. And I'm assuming their Bourbonic Plague is different every year, is that right? Well, this is actually the only one I've ever had. Okay, was, okay. I think it was made just <coughs> for their anniversary. Mm, okay, cool, cool. Um, <coughs> I wanted to share with you a quick list before we go to our next beer from Cigar Aficionado. Uh, they're, they're getting very much into the list business, I've noticed. Uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the things that that they're uh, that they're releasing are are eight cigars to do this with twenty five cigars to in fact and we probably won't get to this one until next week but twenty three are so hot right now a list called twenty three cigars smoking exceptionally well right now and we've talked about that, that on the that's show. a stretch but go ahead yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get somebody's it, but, reaching but I like this one this is eight cigars uh, for under eight dollars for the summer nice and with summer. Uh, you know, we're about oh, halfway yeah. We've through. We've talked here. about uh, mm-hmm. like our lawnmower selection. Yes, and stuff absolutely. Like that. I think that's and, a great. And way. you know, kind of eight eight to nine dollars is kind of my go to spot for cigars these days. If I smoke something less than that, I feel like I'm you know I feel like I'm smoking more of a value cigar. And if I smoke right. something that's more than that, I feel like I'm splurging a little bit. Well, the that nice, seems to be my sweet spot. The nice you know? thing is, like, if you smoke a cigar that's in the uh, six dollars or under range. Which we'll, we'll we'll call that's all like price wise that's lawnmower mm-hmm. you know I mean considering you smoke a cigar that's an hour of your time for even a meager cigar you know even a small one generally speaking mm-hmm. that's an hour of your time that costs up to six dollars mm-hmm. just like that if you sure. smoke three of those in a day well guess what you're up to eighteen dollars exactly. just like that you know exactly so I don't know how I pulled that math out of my head that was you're, amazing. you're good not only with the uh, not only with math, but also with uh, you know language. I are you are I are you are you absolutely are. <laughs> so, um, but so when you start getting into the eight dollar range, if you smoke more than a cigar a day, that gets pretty pricey. Right, exactly. So you it's know? it's consider this: cigarette smokers pay like that for a pack of cigarettes. If they're right. a pack a day smoker, you're spending almost then you're the same spending amount. almost the same. Now yeah. it's not the same thing, obviously, because like you're not inhaling cigars in the in the dangers or very very different but but uh but when you start smoking above the eight dollar range you start start smoking a super premium which i think we consider like twelve dollars plus yeah yeah ten twelve dollars yeah super yeah. premium uh, above twelve like definitely. to me those are those are special occasion cigars you know right. or if i accomplish something and i'm like i'm gonna treat myself that's where i go into but that what range. i really like about the eight dollar issue like take padron for example mm-hmm. i don't smoke a lot of padrones because i'm either going to smoke one of the cheap ones which I always feel like I could have gotten a better cigar than this. Or I'm going to smoke one of the really great ones, but I know I just, I'm burning a lot of money. They don't have a good 
eight to twelve dollar cigar that falls in that this is great and I really feel like I'm getting my money's worth. Uh, you you want to say something? I can tell. Well, I was just gonna say I have one of the anniversarias in my. But see that? Well, that's that wonderful. Adam, our producer, gave me for my birthday, yeah. mm-hmm. and he goes, "I just want you to know I pay attention to what you say. Yeah. You have very expensive <laughs> tastes. <laughs> that's good. But I have I covet it. Like it's it's like when you have a cigar that's that pricey and that good, and you know it's that good, like." You can enjoy just seeing it in your humidor. Mm. Oh yes, absolutely. Until you smoke it, like almost as much as smoking I've got it. that one that you gave me. That's in the little wooden coffin. Oh, the Cohiba. I still haven't smoked it. It's just sitting there in the wooden coffin. Was it? Was it the key? It Cohiba? wasn't the Cohiba. No, it was a. Uh, 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 which one was it? Now I don't remember. Was it the oh, Gomez. Uh, yes, the yeah, Gomez. Oh, those are great. So all I know, I haven't smoked it yet. But all I know is every time I open up my humidor, it makes me. Smile. I smoked one of those the other night, it and that's like uh, I've only got like four of them left now. Mm. They're so good. Stay away from my humidor. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's eight cigars under eight bucks, according to Cigar Aficionado, and they claim that they do all of this uh, with blind taste tests. So uh, the first one that makes their list um, is uh, the Punch Diablo, which has been getting a lot of attention lately. Why has it been getting attention? You ask me, Ian. Why has it been getting attention? I'm because it you, was Chris. crafted for punch by AJ Fernandez. Thank you very much. <laughs> of course it was. Yes, uh, you know, I don't think I've smoked a punch in a long time. It's been a while for me too. I do like their uh, their punch puro. I think uh, which is uh, which is a pretty good cigar. But uh, I actually uh, I actually have one of these now in my humidor. I haven't smoked it yet, so I'll uh, I'll let you know maybe in the next couple of weeks what this is going to be like. Uh, but it's the Diablo. They uh, they list the Diablo Scamp. Uh, it scored a 93. It's Nicaraguan, and the retail on it is seven dollars and nineteen cents. There's also the Hoya de Nicaragua uh, Silver Corona, which is a 92 point uh, uh, score, and it lists for six dollars and thirty cents. And Hoya, of course, was mm-hmm. uh, was relaunched, bought, relaunched, merged with Drew Estates. So that's uh, part of the Drew Estates world now. Uh, the next one uh, coming in at 90 points. For $5.10 retail is the La Galera Habana Bonchero. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a great cigar because yeah. we smoked one of these last week. Yep. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, next on the list at 90 points, $6.50 retail, the New World Cameroon Selection yep. by A.J. Fernandez. Now, what's interesting about New World can be a much pricier cigar, not like crazy, but usually in the $10, $11, $12 range. Uh, but for some reason, they've really kept the prices lower on the Cameroon. Uh, I bought a box of these a while back, and they were quite enjoyable. Quite enjoyable. Uh, now, I was kind of making fun of Padron not having one in the right price uh, thing, but the Padron Ambassador Maduro scored 90 points, made their list, listing at $5.90. I don't know if I tried uh, that one. Uh, it's from Nicaragua. It's a classic brand, of course. And uh, it says here that while known for their high-end pricey smokes, their core line delivers bargain after bargain. It's this is a very thin uh, Nicaraguan puro. Um, I may have to try one of those again because my memory of the cheaper padrones is that they are not as good as they used to be. I, you know, I I went through when I was <coughs> looking for the lawnmower cigars. I went mm-hmm. through the cheapest padrones that they had, and I remember being like, meh on them. Right. And and which is funny because from a company where everything that they make above the $15 mark is, is worth every single stellar. penny that yes, you pay. Yes, yes. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Which is amazing cuz I've bought a $35 cigar from them and it's that good. 
Yeah, you know? right. And it's, not it's, complain. It's it's something you'd give at yeah. least a five on the price. Yeah, of absolutely. Even even at that. Even at thirty five dollars. Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, next on the list is the Alec Bradley Coyol, C O Y O L, the Coyol. Petite Lanchero. I have had one of these. It's actually a very, very good Lanchero. I don't lanchero. think I've had that one. Uh, it's, it's, the Coil is one of Alec Bradley's less expensive lines, mm -hmm. but still made well, and that cigar has got a, a lot of great flavor. The Arturo Fuente Cuban Corona, which is not a Cuban cigar, by the way. It's all made in the Dominican Republic, uh, but it scored 89 points, $5.36. Uh, it's one of the, you know, when you see the Fuentes in the cigar yeah. shop, there's so many different boxes, and sometimes you go, I don't know, but like, how would these cheaper ones be? Well, if it's the Cuban Corona at five dollars and thirty-six cents, they're saying totally. See, right. I always go straight to Hemingway on yeah, the Coronas, but you're so going to pay a lot so more. Good. Yeah, yeah. For the Hemingway, I'm going to so. have to try that. I'm going right. to try that. And finally, the La Aurora 107 Corona. Yeah. The 107 uh, retails for six ninety-five. Scored eighty-eight points. That's a points. sleeper. Uh, it's a it's an Ecuadorian cover leaf in the Dominican yeah. uh, Republic, and that's that's great. So that's the big eight. That that's one, the big that last one is a sleeper. I've had that and. It's, it's and quite good. I have to throw this one in because it's such a go-to for me, and it's not only less than eight dollars; it's less than five if you shop for it the I right know what way. You're say. You know, I'm going Nica Libre, don't you? Nica Libre, yeah, yeah. And if you like the Nica Libre, you're probably going to like mm -hmm. the uh, Obsidian, which is a uh, yep. Pinardo Rio. Obsidian's a uh, very good uh, cigar. Both of those are absolutely fantastic very for their price cigar. range, especially. Absolutely. absolutely. Although I have to tell you, I like the Mini Corona from the uh, uh, from the uh, Nica Libres. I, got, I bought some of the box pressed uh, Churchill size, mm -hmm. and they're good. And but I agree, the mini Corona. But the mini better. Corona is where it is hits better. the mark. Like it, that's such a delicious yep. thing. You're absolutely right because I have some of the uh, larger ones too, right. and they're good. But yeah. they're not as. They're good. not quite. Yeah, yet. they're not, not as, as good. good. The those those mini Coronas, man. You smoke those, you are absolutely baffled at how, how little you paid and, for yeah, that exactly. cigar. Yeah. And we are absolutely boring our guest because I don't think he's much of a cigar smoker. <laughs> well, he, yeah. he is a beer guy, though, and I'm looking at uh, a, a company that I do recognize, and we've had uh, some of their sours on here uh, on the show before, and it's Rare Barrel. But I do not recognize this bottle, so DJ. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, shadow in their eyes. Yeah, talk to me about this. Dark sour aged in oak barrels, if you want to do your... Whirly, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> Mr. Twirly Gig. Yeah, <laughs> Twirly Gig. Twirly now, Gig. We've had uh, there was a black, I believe it was a blackberry sour that mm -hmm. we had on from Rare Barrel. Uh, I have had the, on the pop show. tart, and it was yeah. fantastic. At the house. It was just fantastic. Um, so yeah, Rare Barrel is they're one of those, yeah, Berkeley, California. Yeah, they're one of those that you kind of know the quality levels. Yeah. yeah, a couple miles from my house. Um, I've never had a bad beer from them. And it's interesting because you now brought us two sours. Very interesting. So, so you said right, you didn't please. really like sours even prior to going to California. You must, right, you right. must have had a real uh, sour sour conversion here, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, here, like I said, Texas ten years ago, yeah, really didn't have much in the way of sours. They had one or two, and one was maybe okay. Right, right. I get you. Well, and uh, you go out there and they're just all over the place. Have you had, by the way, the Raspberry AF? No. From, from St. Arnold? Uh, St. Arnold. It's mm. fantastic. Okay, while you're here in town, I'll try to remember, uh, since we'll be camping, I'll try to remember to grab a six-pack of it. I think you'd be surprised at how good that is. So Raspberry right. AF was it started out as their just their straight-ahead Berliner Weiss, yeah. yeah. And uh, they took right. that. It was available so it was very inexpensively. Room. Boiler room. Uh, very inexpensively. They took it off the market and brought it back with Raspberry. 
and it really is quite good. Yes. Slightly more on the refreshing side than mm-hmm. something like this, but still very, very nicely done, very nicely balanced. Right. Uh, that's been a, that's been a favorite of ours, and I haven't had one in a while. I'm uh, you're. You're like uh, yeah, no, I haven't either. I I, I kind of like drank a ton of them and then. By the way, guess what I bought for you? We, Ian and I are both attending a meeting uh, later today after the show, and I mentioned that I had uh, I had bought the uh, the eight hundred five uh, the eight hundred five for you for the meeting. Guess what else? There's a couple of in the cooler. Did you buy a pony? Oh, oh almost. Sorry. St. <laughs> Arnold Oktoberfest. Ah, uh, yeah, because after that- all. Because after all, it's August. Is it out already? I found it. Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> you know I love that. It is my I favorite Oktoberfest. I know you do. It's uh, we've had Oktoberfest shows, and it always reigns supreme. Right. So the music yeah. meeting is going to be the it's drunken. It's going to be the drunken meeting. Yes. It will be attended by drunken Ian. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we call the Uber meeting. <laughs> you, know, right. you know, you know, right. my uh, my uh, my rock <laughs> band is called the Blackout Vipers. I yes. always decided that we were going to. At some point in time, when we made it big, we would also gig under the moniker of insanely drunk snakes. We would be the the Blackout Vipers tribute <laughs> that, that's band. That's your tribute band, yes. yeah. And insanely the part of Ian snake. Barry would be played by drunk Ian Barry. Yeah, I like it. That that seems to work. <laughs> that seems to work. All right. All right. So can we get into the uh, to the wax top there? Yeah. Uh, oh, nice. See, you're that was awesome. you're you're Dude, his way sound effects off the my chart. sound effects, yes. but. Yeah, you you were really putting me into shame here, sound effect wise. <laughs> so excited about this because the rare barrel that we had on before, I think, was the first that either of us had tried. So we didn't know what to expect, and we were both, if you recall, blown away. In fact, it was one of those uh, beers that after the show was over, and there was some left in the bottle, and kind of got passed around with the staff and stuff, and everybody went a little crazy. Right, over right. And yeah. How them good it being was. so close to my house is a dangerous thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> So now, this doesn't have that across the room, I smell the sour. Correct. Like, like I'm not smelling one. this at all, actually, just from the from the bottle being open. But I do smell it once, close, I, yeah. uh, once I go up close on this. Yes, absolutely. Now, I will say before tasting it, I'm expecting this to be more of the classic Berliner Weiss type sour. But, uh, but, yes. but, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, this right here. Wow. Is a dark beer that has a little bit of sour to it. You, you're right, and it's so interesting because the last beer was made with the base beer was porter, and this beer tastes darker and more porter or stoutish, more lush. Yeah, than 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 that one. Before we start talking about this beer, why don't you give us your impression on this one? Well, this is actually my first time tasting this. I was I've had many beers from there, like Sour Tooth Tigers, uh-huh. like really bright. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I am pleasantly surprised. I I love dark sours, but it's not over the top sour. Like you said, it's got that Berliner Weiss slight sour, right? Which is interesting because the sour on this is not at the beginning or the end of the palate. It's right, right in the, the middle. middle of the palate, right in the middle, absolutely. And, uh, and it's like sour right on the middle of your tongue, and then the sour is gone, and you end up with this malty, almost chocolatey aftertaste. And and the retrohale on it is 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 so. Multi chocolatey, like right, and you can taste the oak. Yeah, it's called Shadows of Their Eyes. It says on the bottle, uh, it's a dark sour beer aged in oak barrels, fermented with a blend of yeast and bacteria. The sour features aromas of dark chocolate and complement notes of black cherries, tart plums, and vanilla. I don't know if I pulled vanilla out of there. Are you getting vanilla? I don't know. They get. I get the plum though. The plum yeah. is definitely there. 
I enjoy this. And right next to the right next to the pit on the plum that that where the where the it gets a little firmer and the the texture changes a little bit. It feels darker than the last one, mm-hmm. but the carbonation or something about the mouthfeel feels lighter. Right. If that if yeah. that makes sense. But it's not a thin mouthfeel. No, either. not at all. Not either. at all. It's it's like the, the 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 sour being right in the middle makes this feel really kind of full in its own way. But and I'm going to guess this is probably about half the price of that one. No, actually, no? they're same price. Both about the same. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, um, I'm curious because you are uh, you said the Bear Barrel uh, Brewery is really close to your house. Do they make just like normal everyday beers as well, or no, is everything it, really specialty like this? They are a strictly sour company. Okay, so they're only sours. Wow. Yeah, mm. I w- that would be dangerous by my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and they they sell bombers. They got a um, they've actually got a club, so you join you it. The new releases you get before everybody else, and nice. you get to um, fill your growlers up with um, certain beers that other people don't. You know, huh. I've never been much of a joiner, but I'm starting to see the wisdom in joining these kind of clubs. I'm a, I'm a, can I see that bottle for just you a certainly moment? certainly may, to, sir. There's something on there I want to actually <laughs> look really close at. And it's the bottom of the bottle as you pour it into your cup. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. I love, like, this is unlike any sour that I've had. The maltiness that surrounds right. the sour is so... Well, I would say both of these sours are very different it's, from it's any of It's almost bizarre how malty this sour is. Right. And we don't but do a ton. it works so well. We don't do a ton of sours on the show. But, right. But, uh, but we've had some really good ones, and I would say these are every bit as good as as Man. any of the sours we've yeah, had. Maybe typically, better. you'd get like a lot of fruit-forward sours. Mm-hmm. Right, of course. You would expect and these, that. These are more malty and mm-hmm. darker fruit. Yes. Wow, that's very impressive. And you're right. I was, uh, if, you were, if you were halfway between um, uh, the bare bottle and the rare barrel uh, where you live, like that, that would be so dangerous. Yeah. So dangerous. I absolutely. Now, I want to point out, you only read, uh, like, half the information on the bottle. The other Mm -hmm. side of it actually says, um, government warning, according to the Surgeon General, you should not drink. Uh, You know, I totally (laughs) left that part out, and it was was actually on purpose because I I was trying to shade your opinion of the beer slightly. Noted. I didn't want to, you know. I, I, you know what? This does not say anywhere on there that, that it has been found in California to cause cancer in lab animals. Well, did but, you notice that everything says that now? By well, the way? everything in California Let's causes everything. cancer in lab animals. Yeah, everything in California does. Yeah, I, I, I thought so. that you knew that. <laughs> everything, uh. like you get a piece of plastic and it says it. You know, <laughs> you get well, you get one of those little things that you spin between your hands and it mm-hmm, has little propellers mm-hmm. and it says that. What's the ABV on this? Is it sound? Uh, uh, this this one's is like six point eight. Yeah, six point eight. So this so, is actually much lighter than much yeah. lighter than the first. Yeah, the Cascade was so much more malty. The first one I felt like was a one brewery response to the non-alcoholic crap beer craze. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> one brewery said, "Yeah, uh, give us a moment, we'll get back to you," right. and then they came with this. <laughs> yeah, how, how about a ten point five percent sour? We've backed, we've backed this one down to ten point. Yeah, yeah. We, we think you'll like it. Ramped it down, uh, you know, just. We for your benefit. You'll like it. That's absolutely right. All right. When we come back, we're going to take another short break, and I think during the break we'll enjoy uh, more of the shadows of their eyes. Um, buy this if you can get it. That it's, is it's so good. Fantastic. Um, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the trends 
the the worst trends in craft beers. We've been talking about a lot of specialty craft beers. What do brewmasters, bartenders, and bar managers think are the worst trends in craft beer? We'll discuss that, uh, and then we're going to actually be tasting some tequila. Ian, you want to go ahead and like tease the camera with the bottle I'll of do the uh, manual of cenote. Man, this look is, at uh, this bottle. Yeah, that's that's one of the nicest looking bottles of tequila. I mean, it's no skelly, but it's a pretty nice right, looking so bottle of tequila. I, I just want to point out, I'm showing the bulk of the body right now, but what mm-hmm. I'm going to do in a moment here is pull this down. Show the top. Yeah. Show the top of this thing. That looks like the bud on an agave plant. I go down just a little, little further. There you go. Look there at that. <laughs> that's... Uh, that's either this is either going to be an amazing tequila or it's going to be one of those things where great packaging, not so great. Well, you know, but, you we know? had pretty good luck with the Skelly that one well, time. Well, yeah, I didn't buy that tequila for so long because I loved the you know the Day of the Dead skeleton thing, but I thought it just can't. Well, be you good. always know it if just it's can't tequila be. that comes yeah. that comes in a gun shaped bottle. Right? Yeah, you figure you're yeah. Forget it. You know? <laughs> I and, mean, and so I was worried, but then Skelly has turned out to be my second favorite tequila of all time. It is so, so good. Have you, ever, have you seen this tequila? No. Oh, the, yeah. It comes in a bust of a skeleton. Right, it's like a torso right. of yeah. a skeleton. And what they do is they, from time to time, will it change is, his sombrero it is to a different so color or shape yeah. or whatever. Freaking good. Yeah. It will freak you out. The Añejo is probably the easiest to drink tequila you've ever tried it's so smooth that it just yeah, like it's creepy mm, it's amazing it's creepy. so so we'll see how the cenote holds up uh in our next uh segment plus the worst trends in craft beer right now you are listening to smoking and toasting we'll be right back that's three right Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Mentioned the suffers earlier. There they are in the uh, in the bumper music coming back into break. They're uh, so if, good live. If possible, they've gotten better. Like uh, so Cam good. Franklin, like owned it last night. I think she was the best I've ever seen her. I've seen them. I've seen them about five times. Um, and whatever's happening on tour, whatever, she's gotten better. She's she's fantastic. What a, what a show it was. What a show it was. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars is what our show is about. Our guest is Adam Purple, beer enthusiast and uh, one of Ian's uh, buddies from CCSD. And uh, he has uh, definitely earned his way onto the show this time with uh, with some really great beers. We'll get back to more of that in just a moment. We're also going to taste some tequila, but I wanted to run through a, um, a few of these. Um, Vine Pair, which is a really good uh, website uh, for spirits and beers, and of course wine, but everything isn't all wine on there. They they uh, they have some really interesting articles. They asked twenty brewers what are the worst trends in beer right now, and they say you know not all beer trends are created equal. Some have staying power, others fizzle quickly. Uh, but they asked brewers and uh, brewmasters and bar managers, well, what do you see happening that you don't like, and so these are going to be all opinions. Some you might agree or disagree with. Uh, for example, Brandon Tolbert, uh, who's the owner and brewer at uh, Short Throw Brewing, says lactose in IPAs. Not a fan. Now, that's just going to be a matter of taste, right? Because yep. some people are going to love that and some people uh, are not. I don't have a problem with it, but I certainly wouldn't want it to become we had one, the uh, thing. Yes. We had one a couple weeks ago when... Um, mm-hmm. 
I'll think of the name of it in a minute. When Ingenious uh, Brewing was Ingenious. here? Ingenious. Yes, yes. They absolutely. had the lactose. And, and it, it was delicious. delicious. Yeah. yeah, it was absolutely good. So I don't necessarily agree, but I understand where he's coming from. Um, uh, Ignacio Montenegro, who's the co-founder of Tripping Animals Brewing Company, says he, the trend he doesn't like is big beer creating new breweries in popular beer-centric destinations and posing them as independent startups. That's pretty annoying. Yeah, and I, yeah. I'm, I'm really heard about a lot of specific instances of this, but that that's pretty nefarious. Yeah. He says the average consumer is unaware their money's not supporting the local craft brew community. So it would be like opening up a uh, what looks like a a small craft brewery, but say it's the Blue Moon Brewery, right? Or right. So an independent hamburger joint that serves McDonald's suspiciously right. like burgers. Yeah, <laughs> oddly enough, right. this Not a tastes fan. just like a quarter pounder with cheese. That's right. Um, uh, Megan Stone is a brewer. She says, "I'm tired of breweries ignoring sexual harassment and sexism and treating it like boys being boys." In over half the breweries I've worked at, she says, "I've experienced examples as blatant as a head brewer uh, telling everyone he would screw me straight." So, like, if stuff like that's going on, wow, that's like a that's like an issue. And I read some articles about this. I certainly haven't seen it in play at any of the breweries I'm more familiar with. But uh, obviously, it's an issue some places if it's if it's yeah. making these. You kind know of what? Headlines. Boys can be boys, but uh, let's try having a thought go through your head. Yeah, right. exactly. I mean, Jesus, I can attest there are a lot more women into craft beer than people think. Right. And there are a lot more women coming up through the ranks of craft beer creation now uh, than there were initially. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, um, yeah. you, you go back a couple hundred years, all brewers were women. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, Corey Gar- uh, Gargiolo, the general manager of Evil Twin Brewing in New York City, we've had some of their beers on the show. I love their beers. Uh, says, I think ratings on apps and websites have taken some of the human element out of craft beer. It's great to have craft beer fans excited about beer X, Y, or Z, but I often see consumers relying too heavily on ratings to drive what they uh, they purchase, as opposed to having a conversation with brewers and bartenders. Uh, So most of my beer aha moments have come through connecting with somebody and trying something completely new and unfamiliar, not necessarily something that was rated 4.8 on untapped. I think that's one of the reasons when we we structure this show, we, we talk about what we're tasting, we talk about whether we like it or not, but we don't rate it on a scale. Right. You know, I mean, cigars we rate on a price to quality, mm-hmm. but again, it's... it's Well, with beer, there's so much that's more, individual yeah. taste. Uh, like this rare barrel that we're raving about here. I have friends who won't like this at all. I love you know? the chocolate right. Because it's just not to their palate, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah, the chocolatiness of that is, is wonderful. Ian, I see you reaching for the beer bottle. Now I see you... Sla- uh, nicely oh, yeah. done. Well, nicely done. Making it awkward. Uh, the packaging and selling of unfinished beer uh, was a trend that Paul Wassman, who's the head brewer and blender at Barrel Culture Brewing and Blending, uh, mentioned. Mark Johnson, the brewer at Duclaw Brewing Company, says the slow pour pilsner. He says, I appreciate. Duclaw is so good. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate and cherish the craft of beer. Can see why this is desirable. However, there are other ways to achieve optimal flavors and aromas without bartenders having to wait five to seven minutes to serve a beer. <laughs> uh, Chris Gilmore is the brewer at Lone Tree Brewing Company. And this is really interesting. His uh, sort of pet peeve or whatever, trend he doesn't like, seltzers in breweries. He says, I think this trend will leave a negative impact on the integrity of the industry. I, I and what I does understand that mean? The, seltzers well, the hard seltzer hard is, seltzers. is that's become a thing. And a big thing in California right I'm now sure is hard is. kombucha. Hard kombucha. Okay. We've had a kombucha 
Uh, we had kombucha on the show. I pronounced it wrong for the whole show until uh, Adam corrected me, <laughs> our producer. Uh, but no, I, I can see that because that that seems very California to me. Yeah, uh, hard kombucha, interesting. Well, um, we've had we haven't haven't done a lot with the you know the alcoholic seltzers, the hard seltzers, but oh, they're definitely out on. there. It took me a while. There's a there's a company that makes a can with some bubbles, and it's like a white can. It says seltzer or something. I will tell mm-hmm. you though that at the Boston Beer Company in Boston, Massachusetts, the people who brought us Sam Adams and still do, thankfully, I mean, a big part of the reason they're doing better than they were doing a year and a half ago is because as they've diversified into things like hard seltzers. It's it's brought more back to the company. Huh. Bottom line, as they've been struggling a little bit with beer sales, as as people go, you know, to the newer and more you know interesting and crafty type of places, and Boston beer almost seems like the old guys. I've well, been there, and done that. Everyone thinks of you know? it as blasé because it's been around for so long. But people buy buy a six pack of. Sam Adams, it's good. That's it good really beer. is. It, it really is. Buy it when you're the out. Boston Lager is terrific. And, and I like it. if you go somewhere like Buffalo mm. Wild Wings, that place has like 26 beers, and only one of them is good. Is and it's decent. It's and it's yeah, Sam it's Adams. It's amazing Boston how they Lager. can have that many yeah. beers. No, I know. I know. I just that, that makes me crazy. But yes, you're absolutely right. Look at our beer list, and, and you're yeah, like, yeah, um, what's going on? I'm going to say right now. I'm going to throw my uh, my trend that I don't like. Restaurants, and I'm talking about nice restaurants, expensive restaurants, who allow their beer list to be curated by the wine guy. Yeah. With all due respect nah. to, uh, with all due respect to um, uh, Mark Burrell, who we had on the show, who really did know his beer. Yes. A lot of wine guys that I'm, and I'm thinking of a very specific. I'm not going to call them out. I'm thinking of a very specific restaurant that I like to go to here in Houston. It was. Is it the, walking distance from your house? Uh, no, it's not. Oh, it's okay. Not. Okay. But, I, I but had it, a suspicion there. Yeah, yeah. But I, I know what you were thinking, but it's not that one. <laughs> uh, but there's a restaurant that I I go to, uh, you know, every once in a while. It's the place I first tried Lone Pint Yellow Rose, one of my favorite. Oh, beers in the world. They had it on tap there. I had no idea what it was. I'd never seen it, heard about it, didn't know anything about the brewery. Tried it and fell in love and still have it like all the time in stock at my house to this day. That same restaurant, though, the beer selection got passed off to a different manager. And they've got basically um, Bud, Miller, Coors, Chimay. And Hopadillo. That's their that's their well, selection. At least they got Chimay. Yeah. <laughs> but but I'm not necessarily in the mood for Chimay if I'm having a steak. I mean like you know so, what I mean? so I mentioned the Buffalo Wild Wing earlier and I'm calling them out for this, man. Their beer list It is sucks. Long. It's long and it sucks. But it's but thank God it's for A B M Bev, A B M Bev, A B M Bev, A B M Bev, um what's the other one? Constellation, Constellation, right. Constellation, Constellation. Well, Constellation at least has then, some good beers, but and I was going to say earlier, and then Hopadillo, but that's AB InBev now. Yeah, that's AB InBev. Yes, right, right, exactly. <laughs> and then Sam Adams. And Hopadillo like, is just not my favorite. The only choice in beer there is Sam Adams. And right. then they have some hard ciders, which are way too sweet, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, unless you get Austin East ciders, which I feel, still think is one of the best ciders out there because they they're are not fantastic. super sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, uh, some of those places, it drives me crazy. And then the other thing that drives me cra- crazy is, uh, uh, what's popular right now? Oh, IPAs. We'll just loaded up with IPAs. Right. And oh my gosh, do not be one of the places. 
I've been to so many places that are beer rep places, you know? Mm-hmm. And I say, I like something malty. And they go, well, we have this IPA. We have an IPA. Yeah, I, right, dude, right, that right, makes yeah. me want to so smack a bartender. That, that well, aspect, that's my problem with the beer trends right now. For some reason, it got into people's minds that craft means IPA. Right. There are so many IPA good beer types. IPA is craft beer, but... And, yeah. you know, I've got a lot of IPA hardcore, IPA f- friends who are like, oh, you don't like IPA? You're not into craft beer. I'm like, dude, oh, come learn on. a little. I'm sorry. I'm so into craft beer, I'm past IPA. Well, that's <laughs> the way it actually <laughs> now, works. See, see, I'll call you out there because I'm an, I, I'm an IPA guy, and there's so much to explore no, in I, IPA. Right. But, you know, but you're absolutely right. It's not the only style of craft beer. <laughs> right, right. And that, that's actually why I was so impressed with, I was telling you about being at the Secret Group. Right. Uh, their beer list was so interesting and varied and they only had a couple of ipas on there uh but what they had was just was just fantastic yeah Yeah, see i I like a place and sometimes i'm in a mood for something more ipa like i'm on the side here i have this uh uh this uh uh big fish defying gravity which is Mm -hmm. their double ipa and it's delicious but the bottom line is i don't always want an ipa and i sometimes you want something else the super high resinous i'm chewing on a pine cone ipa every time i go out and as cigar guys ipas don't usually go that well with cigars so so sometimes you want something really good really crafty that will go with your cigar there is Um, one or two ipas that i do genuinely like but they're they're few and far between that's called the 90 minute and the, oh, and the 120, minute. you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Absolutely. and you know, everybody's, you know, Mecca's uh, Pliny the Elder. Mm-hmm. But since I have the ability to get it on tap anytime I like, I've, I'm kind of over it. It doesn't hold the same uh, uh, the same sort of uh, mystique for you. Probably. Right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, I want to read one more of these. There's a whole bunch of them, and the, uh, the uh, article is on VinePair, uh, if you want to go and find it. It's definitely worth finding. Uh, but Lana Svit- Svitankova, uh, who's from Varvar Brew, I don't know where that is. You need to say uh, all that about three times. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> said a trend making me sad, but I don't ever see it going away, unfortunately, is the Ouroboros of hype. And that's a really weird word, but she goes on to say, People want to get a beer everyone's talking about. They stand in line for its release or pay scandalous money, sometimes more than eightfold the initial price. And, of course, they rate it marvelous, even if it's okay. And that, I totally understand. Well, people justify what from. they paid for it. And right. a lot of people drink with their eyes right. or with their with their, um, pers- with social perception. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So the bottom line is uh, there's a lot of great <coughs> beers, and a lot of people that I know and love spend time in line to get beers that are being released or, you know, the rare. Mm-hmm. And, and, and thank you so much for letting me try those to all you people. Yeah. Right, I have but never had I mentioned that. Pliny. They had Pliny the Younger once a year. People stand in line all night outside yeah. the brewery. It's not that good. The bottom line is. Right. It's good, but it's not that good. I, yeah. The bottom line is, okay, if you look at what your time's worth, is it worth you stand? I don't stand in line for any amount of time for Black Friday. Because frankly, I don't care what the deal is. My time's worth more. My than time's that. worth more. I'm it's totally with you on that. Absolutely worth more than that. I'm totally I'm with you on that. That's why you joined the club. $100 on this TV, but I just spent seven hours in line. Yeah. Well, you know, join even not- at minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> like these, these beer of- clubs I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Join the club. I get Black Friday delivered to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so 
and, and, and I'm not making fun of people that do this because that's not that's not my intent. Like if, if that's what you're into, that's great. I don't have the patience for it, frankly. If I have the opportunity to try some of those rare and hard to get ones, I absolutely love it. And I absolutely respect. Thank you so much. Absolutely, yes. But I don't have the patience for that. No, I, and that's true in the whiskey thing, world. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like I love Christopher Hart. I don't know how the hell he gets all his allocated bottles. He always has the rarest, yeah. oh, craziest, most awesomest. He's out of it. I was I was actually it's looking, amazing, you know. But I was going to bring a, uh, a whiskey on uh, on the show today. Uh, I wound up br- bringing this tequila instead. But I was going to bring the new uh, Whistle Pig piggyback, which is their new release. It was the last one that was actually um, Dave uh, uh, was a Dave Pickerel creation. Uh, but of course, I couldn't find it. And it's like you know, after checking a couple of places, I gave up. I go, well, we'll do a tequila. You know, and then, you know what I mean, right. like like the same Speaking of which. same thing with patience. Yes, while you open that, I'll just mention the last thing I really uh, enjoyed standing in line for that wasn't a roller coaster was uh, uh, you know like when I was a kid and you would go to Sound Warehouse because at midnight they would sell the new album by whatever artist you were really that. into. Mm-hmm. But most of the reason that I enjoyed standing in line and waiting for that was a I wasn't having to like be at home in bed and yes. b Joe Lytle, who was one one of our groups of friends, always brought a flask. So that was like that nice. was right. That was the reason for it being. I had it a, was an adventure. I had I'm, a buddy, I'm not looking right. for that adventure anymore. You know? <laughs> I see. See, even at that point, I had a buddy that worked at Sam Goody at the mall. Yeah. Oh, see, and he would take care of you, and he would take care of me. I just that's, tell him what I needed. So right, well, so when, you, when you're opening this, it's going to tear the. Uh, We're going to do this right next yeah. to. Mr. Adam's face right okay. there. <laughs> All right, so so you're gonna you're gonna open it up Hold and on, it's huh? gonna tear uh, the label. Uh, 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 oh, see, uh, amazing right. how that works. <laughs> Here we go. We're tearing one of the labels by simply opening this. Is it gonna work? It was I hope bending, so. Actually, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, we don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe you have to help it. Strong label. It, we it love was, this. Hold on. It was a it was a great idea in uh, on the drawing board. I'll say that. All right. All right. Strong label. Now you're going to pull Second the cork chance. out of there. And I know that that little uh, thing on the top comes out easily. So now. be careful so it doesn't just roll across the room when you're going to pull the oh, cork. Yeah, see what okay. I'm saying? So now we got to pull that cork oh, out. And now back to the handsome cam. And the uh, sound effect machine. We've had good sound effects today. Yeah. I've been very happy the little, with them all the way Because it had that little modulation too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a little nice. ting. That was a good, that was a good that one. Was pretty sweet. All right. So let's see what we got here. This is an Añejo tequila. Uh, how's it smell there, Ian? It smells nice, actually. Oh, that's a good sign. If you like tequila, it smells nice. Mm. When I taste tequila, I can... Oh, sorry. Went song lyric for a moment there. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of great tequila songs out there but most of them i was actually looking at a list i was thinking about bringing this list on the show but all all but like one of the top 15 tequila songs all but one of them were country and the, and the one that wasn't country was tequila sunrise by the eagles which really is country is it's just pretty much a yeah it's just song, by right? the eagles so uh all right so uh so we're talking about the cenote tequila and what's interesting to me when we try different tequilas i think of all the spirits tequila is the one that it is the most difficult to create a different flavor 
than other tequilas that so you've tried. This with smells, rum, with bourbon, there's lots of ways to vary it up. This with smells tequila. like traditional high-end tequila. Like I get uh, agave, I get pepper, I get oh vanilla. Boy. I love it on the nose. This a little cinnamon. Great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it smells really, really good. It's got lots of lots of great stuff going on. It smells really nice. Yeah, I'm hoping that it is as luxurious on the taste as the uh, as the nose is because I like oh. the nose a lot. My friend. Mm-hmm. So it has all that stuff. Like it tastes exactly like it smells, which is great. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it tastes buttery on top of that. Like it is buttery smooth. Buttery right before the heat of the finish. Yeah. Did you say? I mean, that is. Yeah. And there's almost no heat on the finish. Like it's. Right. Whoosh. It yeah. kind of comes and then recedes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like, you know, like a lot of whiskeys will have like no heat and then the heat kind of comes back. Mm-hmm. This has a little kiss of heat on the back of the palate. And then and it then just it goes just away. It's yeah. like butter. Done. Wow. So this is another of what I call the most mm. dangerous of spirits. You said cinnamon, An the easy retro drinking. Hail. Yeah. The yeah. retro hail, you get that The retro hail is very cinnamon, yes. Yeah, it's another of what I would call the most dangerous of spirits, which is the easy drinking tequila. You know, you almost need tequila to push back a little <laughs> bit uh, just to keep you out of trouble. So a couple interesting things about this, too. This has actually a pretty full mouthfeel mm-hmm. and no legs on the glass whatsoever. Right. Like, how bizarre is that? Look at that. Well, it is the finest in plastic cuppery. Like, it literally, too, it just will not stick to the cup. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, though. Yeah. Um, I think this is delicious. In fact, this may be my favorite tequila that we've tried on the show in a while. This is this is good. I love that. Okay, so after like, because it's been a minute since I've uh, taken that sip. There's a pepperiness mm-hmm. that comes back in the aftertaste. But it it's just sits not there. like like if you think about a pepperiness like a hornitos tequila, uh, which I enjoy. But if if you want pepper, like it's if you want to go there and get the pepper, it's like it's not like someone loosened the top of the pepper. You right. Know, like right. This, this has this has a this very is much more subtle. Yeah. What I like about the after the finish starts to fade a little bit, is you still get a little of those vanilla notes on the yeah. tongue and on the uh, the top of your palate. Mm-hmm. Really nice. That's an outstanding tequila. Mm-hmm. What's the price range on that? It's about a fifty dollar bottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I you know I'd say I'd say if I was putting that on a price to quality, I'd say a five at least. Like yeah. that's, at, that's at fifty bucks. At fifty that bucks, tastes that's a like good fifty bucks. Now, tequila. now for comparison. Um, the um, the Skelly's about fifty bucks mm-hmm. for the Añejo, so this I think is in its league. I don't know if I like it better. Well, the Skelly is so smooth though, mm-hmm. like the Skelly is so scary smooth and so scary delicious. This mm-hmm. has a lot of that going on, but this is more like if you like a little more kick in your tequila, yeah. a little more pepper here, a little, more, a little here. more pepper, a little more. It's, yeah. it's it's a little safer because it's got a, just enough bite it's that you're not going to l- chug it. That's right. It's going to let you know that you're drinking some tequila. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, wow. Uh, whereas the Skelly may not let you know that until you try to walk, <laughs> <laughs> and then it reminds you you've been drinking oh, me yes. all night. <laughs> all right, this is wonderful. Uh, we're going to take a break. Be back with a final segment. I I know you mentioned you had several beers, several flavors from one right. brewery that you wanted to bring in in the final segment. Uh, tease us here. What are we looking at? Okay, we have a cherry wheat, mm-hmm. a pecan mm-hmm. ale, just a, just regular pecan ale, mm-hmm. not a porter, which right. is what normally pecans what normally are. you get with pecan, yeah, and a pepper beer. 
a pepper beer. Okay. Which will, would go nice with this yeah, tequila. Well, I will say up front, I'm not a big fan of the pepper beer, but let's see how that, it goes. That's actually why I brought it. Well, let's to make a point. Goes. Let's go yeah. pepper beer first to see how it goes with the tequila. All right. Fair enough. We'll uh, do that when we come back. It's smoking and toasting, and we appreciate you hanging out with us. And gosh right. darn it. Yeah, I'm I need going to press my I am. I am too. Yeah, don't be long, guys, because we're running late. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, and it is our 149th show here. Wow, Ian. That's, I mean, I just have to say it. No one has stepped in to stop us. You know, <laughs> no it, one. It, it, no one has. I got in trouble for saying that uh, uh, earlier. Too many times. That guy cannot still be listening to the show. He would have to be far too annoyed with us, <laughs> the guy that had a problem with me saying that. <laughs> I've or, never seen you hold a grudge. Uh, no, not, it's, it's, not, it's <laughs> oh, not like me. It's not like me. Oh, wait, yes. Um, I can also hold a tequila, though. Uh, enjoying this uh, cenote. Very good. So uh, w- uh, welcome back. It's our uh, final segment of the show. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. I said earlier bacon, 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 but I d- recently went back to B&B and actually enjoyed the bacon again and oh, oh, oh. and let me just say something because my wife actually went um, and had one of those you know uh, girls apparently do this thing guys go hey you want to go have a beer girls plan brunches and they put them on calendars oh, hold, on and saying, stuff. hold on they plan shit yeah believe it or not it actually have yeah with with you and me I'd be like I would call you and go hey what are you doing you go uh, n- uh nothing I go you you want to go grab a beer Okay. Like, I guess that's planning. I mean, that's yeah. at least like 15 minutes no, in advance, No, but girls right? plan mm-hmm. like a month in advance, and they go to brunch together. And so my wife went to uh, uh, brunch with one of her friends, and it was a BB Lemon. And she said, um, do you want me to bring you something back? And I was like, well, yes, thank you. That sounds like a wonderful idea. So my wife, ever the MF Bacon, most prepared person on the, <laughs> on the planet, um, has printed out the menu online so I can choose what I want. This is how prepared my wife is. It's unbelievable. So she prints it out and I go, look, oh, look at this. It was like, it was on the brunch menu. It was this crawfish um, and egg with uh, hash brown potatoes. Oh my God. That's what she brought me. It got me and brought it home. And it was like... Don't, don't ask me to was, stand up right it now. It was amazing. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So go try it. I You'll recognize the only crawfish uh, dish, I think, on the menu. Uh, but wow, it was amazing. A little rich, but boy, was it worth it. Every wow. Bite. So anyway, that's that's a BB Lemon. And I don't think that's on the menu at all at... Uh, at B and B butchers and restaurants, so it's you know it's worth going to Lemon uh, to check it out. Very very good stuff. We talk mostly about well, the, the, you know, we the talk ba- mostly about the bacon right, and the right. and, and the, the B and B line though. Each one of their restaurants has their own thing, even uh, though like some of them may share some things, but they have their own twist on crawfish with uh, with. It, it, you, know what, you know what it was like? Oh. It's like yeah, it's like if you go get a uh, um, uh, what do you call it the um, eggs Benedict. It was kind of like an Eggs Benedict with crawfish and, oh, my God. You know, uh, bless my cholesterol, but I like anything that has hash brown potatoes oh, of some yeah. sort. And they were so perfectly done, With eggs done on too. top of it. On, and, so and perfectly Like done. most places call it a scramble or uh, a yes, skillet. Yes, 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 or a skillet. Yes, uh, absolutely. I, mean, I just mix all that stuff in. So our guest on the show today is Ian's friend and uh, um, fellow CCSD member, um, uh, Adam Purple. Adam uh, is uh, a resident of the San Francisco, California 
area and is uh, is kind enough to bring uh, beers from uh, from the west. And you mentioned that this next beer, this is not a California beer, but it's something no. you actually found on the trip. On the way back. here, yes. Interesting. And it's from New Mexico. Right. Uh, Sierra Blanca, they're just outside of Albuquerque. Okay. Never heard of them. I like it. I mean, uh, so far, so good. Yeah. If Sierra Blanca's listening, hey, I haven't heard of you, but you're really good. <laughs> uh, so you brought three from them: uh, the right. green chili cerveza, which I mentioned. I've, I've that's a that that's a style I struggle with. Right. Uh, the pecan beer, which you said is not a pecan porter, but a pecan beer. Just so a that pecan should be ale. interesting. And then a cherry wheat, which will either be fantastic or not so much. Because right. that, that's the way those beers are. Like, I've had exactly. some that have been wonderful. And then I've had some that I was like, eh, not really. Yeah. Uh, so I, I stop at lots of breweries on my way between San Francisco and Houston. Mm-hmm. It's part of my traditional It's the trip. journey. It's the yes, journey. It's yeah, the yeah. journey, and it gives me ideas for my next year and more stuff to bring down. Love it. Love it. Anyway, this caught me off guard I, I just stopped into one of their brew pub faces it's mm-hmm. called alien brew pub nice in albuquerque nice and i was just blown away by all their beers i mean That's i did not great. try one that i did not like all right what caught me off guard we've all had the uh chili beers yeah and i'm, I'm not a fan I'll, I'll just say it right so now no label makes one called don jalapeno i don't know if they still make it i tried it Mm, I'm not a big fan of having that jalapeno in the back of my throat in a drink. And yeah. Yeah, see, I'm with you. I love eating food with jalapeno in it. But you know what? And I did? washing it down with a beer. I used it to cook brats. Oh, I bet and it was holy I bet it was crap. Great. That was awesome. I bet that was great. I'm, I'm sorry. Go you. ahead. <laughs> so, so normally you would get like that overpowering jalapeno yeah. flavor. The mm-hmm. beer's just really too hot to enjoy. This was a pleasant surprise. It, it's got a mild. Chili flavor. I think okay. they use hatch chilies because that's a New Mexico hatch thing. Hatch can be hatch can be pretty intense. But hatch chili, I love hatch chili. But it's there. not hot, and it you can still taste the beer. All right, all right. I'm game to try it. I'll try right. anything. By the way, I think I mentioned this because uh, it came up on last week's show about. Uh, go ahead. Nice. Oh, gosh. nice. Why are you so much better at that than me? <laughs> 10 out of 10 on sound effects this week. Uh, I think I mentioned this on, on last week's show that uh, Dos Equis has a pale ale, a Mexican pale ale that has um, that has uh, chilies in it. It's terrible. It's really, <laughs> really terrible. Did, you, did uh, you harm a lime and some salt while oh, you were trying to Oh, no, but I should have. Because that, let's hope that would improve it. Look, oh, my I, God, I, I, you I drink it. your beer how you want. Yeah. My personal opinion is mm-hmm. if you must harm salt and lime to drink your beer, mm-hmm. something is probably wrong with it. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll have drink I'll it have, how you want. I'll have a lime with a Mexican cerveza. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. yeah. But but not with a I you know, yeah. I just I don't With a tecate, I'll take a lime. Like if I want that much lime, I'm just going to have a margarita. <laughs> like, okay, I'm really with you. And I don't and I, and when I order a margarita, I don't want a shitty beer stuck upside down in it right, either. Right, right. Like, no, I'm with you on that. I don't know yeah. where you are in the country, but that's a thing here in Texas. Apparently, is the beer arita. Man, have mm. you seen this? Yeah. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They ordered like they they put these margaritas in this and it comes with like glass, a small Budweiser turned a upside down. Shitty beer turned yeah. upside oh, no. down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good if way I'm to ruin a margarita. I want a margarita. Good yeah. way to ruin a margarita. Uh, wow. So I've taken my first sip of this, and 
you are right on the money. I like this beer. The the uh, the heat. This is really, it's not really even good. Heat. It's the whatever the pepper flavoring is. It enhances the beer rather than that, obscuring that it. Tastes very hatch chili. Where's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just mild in the mm-hmm. background. It says beer with green chili flavor. Um, wow. I'm assuming hatch because it's New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. right. But I mean, that is very. It's so nice because it's it's present, and there's a little bit of heat, but it's it's, it's very just mild, a tiny little very, bit. Well, well, and and as someone who is used to Texas and Mexico and jalapeno as the dominant pepper. Right, mm-hmm. when you start to head west, uh, the peppers become milder. Uh, right. What what they flavor the food with. So and if you're eating California Mexican food, for example, it's going to be flavored with these softer pepper flavors rather than the sort of like sting in the bite of rather than a poblano, uh, right, yeah. of a jalapeno. Right, jalapeno. exactly. And that's what this reminds me of. But as a beer, it works way better. Adam, you are so correct on the. Have you tried your tequila with mm-hmm. it yet? Like, no, but it will. It's like having like like Tex Mex. Okay, I'm digging it. Yeah, like I'm that goes it. so well Can together. Can we get some chips and hot sauce in here? Yeah, yeah. It's like having Tex Mex. Now I haven't gone back to the beer yet. Yeah, we're gonna see what happens. Oh, guess what we're having at the music meeting, by the way. Oh yeah, tacos. Nice. <laughs> you and I will be perfectly in the mood for it. All right, that's great. So let's. This is amazing together. By the so way. now I want to try this pecan because. Uh, anytime you have a pecan beer, you automatically assume, or I it's automatically a, yeah, it's assume, a porter. that it's a porter. And by right. the way, the 512 Pecan Porter from Austin mm-hmm. is one of the most standard. amazing beers ever. It's yeah. just a fantastic yeah, beer. Yeah, that sets a standard for what... That's kind of like Dogfish Head 90-Minute IPA. That's like a standard right. of what that's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Right. I'm with you. I agree. All right. Here we go. Man. Uh, so Ian, if you can't if you can't make it to the show next week, <laughs> but Adam's available, you know, that'd be all right if you need to take a week off or anything. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I knew, I knew it was coming. There it is. Uh, Man, this smells so pecan. Well, that's that's what I've always been interested in the pecan porter, the five one two pecan porter. Is of all the pecan it porters smells, I've tried, it smells the most pecan. And this smells the most pecan, even more pecan than that. Like this wow. smells sweet pecan. This you it's know, like this, you got a pecan pie under your nose. Yeah, this this almost has that pecan pie. But wow, sweetness. just wait. It's it's not overly sweet like a lot of pecan porters, and it doesn't have that bitter pecan. Yeah, it's not astringent. It's not like you ever you're eating pecans, you get a little bit mm-hmm. of the shell mm-hmm. or that mm-hmm. paper. Jack your whole mouth up, by the way. Yeah, you get the pecan paper flavor. Yeah, yeah. Like so, this. Wow, this is like beer with pecan floating on top of it. So when I was a kid, my mom used to make Toll House cookies, and we had a pecan tree in our yard, and so she would gather the pecans and then she would shell them and chop them up and put pecans in the Toll House cookies. That's what this makes me think of. It's like totally triggering a childhood wow, memory. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have a pecan tree in my backyard, and man, the squirrels just love mm-hmm. that thing. 
Have you ever had the pecan log from Stuckey's? Oh, yeah. Grew up on those. <laughs> you know what? I, I've seen it, and yeah. I've threatened it before, but yeah. I just know. <laughs> yeah, it is. Once it's, you start, you can't yeah. stop that no, that's, log. That's right. That's but right. then again, it's hard to find Stuckey's now. They're disappearing. Yeah, yeah well, Stuckey's has given way to Bucky's. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's Who also has a pecan log. Do they? Have, I didn't know that. Yes. I've been to Bucky's. I didn't know that. Bucky's, for those of you outside of the uh, Texas uh, area region, Bucky's is is the coolest. It's the holy grail rest of rest you know, stop and ever. and uh, and convenience store in rural I mean, areas. So everything they do is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Like you can actually buy furniture that's pretty awesome. You can buy grills that are. I bought a pit awesome. at Bucky's. Right. And, and I'm not talking well, about like cheap roadside stuff. I'm no, talking right. about like yeah, this no, is it's really high end offset heat, like quarter inch chamber. steel, and they have yeah, the like, nicest and cleanest bathrooms absolutely. of any place you're going to stop on your way. And out. they are adamant about that. Their bathrooms mm-hmm. are just crazy. Yeah, someone's good. in there every ten minutes cleaning. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's absolutely crazy. Uh, At this point, I won't stop on a trip unless it's a Bucky's or a Time Wise. Oh, if I'm if right. I'm with, Wise is Time Wise is good like that too. If I'm within an hour of Bucky's, I'll hold it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the greatest. Uh, if you're driving from Houston to Austin, there's a uh, a kind of a halfway point uh, where people have have a tendency to stop, and there's this. Uh, old, Hruskas. Yeah, Hruskas, exactly. Yes. There's, Hruskas is, was always the place you stop, you gas up if you need it, you grab something to eat. They have decently clean bathrooms. When Bucky's opened up between Houston and Austin, but they're further down. Bucky's yeah, that's is another, almost in Bastrop, Yeah, right? it's almost in Bastrop. So it's another, like, 45, 50 minutes to get to it. But I was driving to Austin one day, and the, right before you get st- – right before you would take your foot off the gas – to slow down for Hruskas, Bucky's had erected a billboard a and it said, billboard. "You can hold it." <laughs> you know I what? Though? That was, I thought that was one of the I best marketing you, billboards. Ever. As much as I love Bucky's, I always stop at Hruskas because that's a great place. Their food's great. Their uh, only thing that about Hruskas uh, that uh, I'm disappointed uh, in is they got rid of their soft serve ice cream machine. Oh, see, I they never used noticed to that. have a soft serve ice cream machine. Their ice tea was awesome. Their ice their tea, tea is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make uh, they yeah. make good kolaches and all that kind of stuff too. Kolaches, yes. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, you know, somehow we've we've gotten onto uh, taking a road trip right. instead of talking about this amazing pecan beer. Is this an ale? Is it, is it a lot? What it's is, it's just a pecan ale. It tastes wow. like a blonde ale with pecan added. Mm. Like it yeah. really kind of has that blonde ale. Like it's not real hoppy. It is a super tasty. It's, it's beer. malty, but super it's got, tasty. Yeah, but it's got this great pecan overlay on it i almost feel like i'm having a dessert if you will but it's not but it's not it's not super sweet but it almost satisfies that well what's funny is like it's so pecan up front it's so sweet pecan smell up front that you expect it to be sweet pecan in the actual flavor and it's not it's Mm -hmm. it's actually it's it's like it's like when you're smelling you know one of those um like a Perrier with flavor, yes. And you certainly smell the orange, and then you taste it, and it doesn't taste orange. But it has that orange flavor in the, in uh, right, the not right. sweet. I, I know what you're talking about. Yes, right, right. This has that kind of feel with like if you took a blonde ale and added that kind of pecan, yeah, effervescence to it. Yes, uh, yeah. I get, I get like a, a blonde ale or a blonde stout while I'm eating some pecans. Right, right. I mean right, this, right. this right here, or like if you had like. 
a pecan pie with a little ice cream and pour beer on it. Like, yeah. This is, yes, I, I'm, yeah, with you there. Like, I'm with you there. Because this has a little of the crust kind of flavor in it, too. It's not just pecan. It has but a whereas, little of that. But what it doesn't have, when you eat a pecan pie, you get that syrupy sweetness, mm-hmm. and this does not have that syrup. No, it's not as sweet as you would yeah. expect. Yeah. This almost right. has, like, uh, like locally there's a Fireman's 4, that uh, real ale Fireman's 4. That, that it, like, spilled into a box of pecans. And exactly, this is what, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Very much. Yeah. So, so to give them their proper respect, uh, the green chili, it's a green chili cerveza farm to bottle okay. from Sierra Blanca. Sierra and Blanca, which is from New Mexico. Yes. Outside of Albuquerque, I'm guessing. Um, Man, and the pecan, the pecan ale? Yeah. Uh, Sierra Blanca Moriarty, New Mexico, is right. what they're saying. And this one is... Is De La Vega's. It just says beer with natural flavor added. So. De La Vega's pecan beer. Okay. And so the last one we're going to try, and we are running out of time, but we're right. not going to end before we try the cherry wheat. Because this is, I'm really curious now, about this one. With Sam Adams makes a cherry wheat, right. which to me is way too sweet. Right. I agree with you. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't like it. As much as I love Sam Adams yeah. and as much as I love their uh, Boston Lager and their uh, New England style pale ale, um, mm-hmm. And they, they've had, they have several that I'm not crazy about. I'm not crazy about their summer beer. It's too lemony sweet. And I'm not crazy about the uh, the cherry beer that you mentioned. Yeah, right. But I'm curious to see what this one's like. Because there's nothing I like better than a cherry pie. So, mm. Ian. You are human. Your job's in jeopardy, just so, just so <laughs> you know. <laughs> now, I will say this one's very cherry forward. Okay. But it's not that cough syrup kind of cherry you sometimes get. But if get. it's cherry forward like the last one was pecan forward... Then that's going to be. A then good it's going to be delicious. Yes, that's right. That's absolutely right. Well, this is uh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. so it's not super cherry smelling. No, I noticed that just uh, like there's just not to, even a lot on the uh, nose. Wow. To begin with. See, yeah, and this one's just cherry wheat. So it's Sierra Blanca's cherry wheat. Okay, so this reminds me of. Oh my gosh. Ian, do you remember when you were a kid and you would go get those, like, fried pies? Yes. And the cherry one was always the best? Yeah. That's yeah. what this reminds me of. Because this of, tastes... Of the cherry flavor I, that was in that I want to point out that this has the cherry flavor, but this tastes more almost like that crust mm-hmm. than anything else. You know when you're when you're mashing your fork on the, on the leftovers yes. on the plate? Yes. And you have a little more crust than cherry? That's uh-huh. what this tastes like. Wow. This right. is... Qu- yeah. Again, really, Because you get really the malt good. and the... Uh, yeah. Because you're right. This is not the sweet cherry, and it's not the maraschino no, sort of... tart cherry. Cherry. This is, yeah. This, this is, is like... tart cherry with sweet crust. Pie-filling cherry. Yeah, this is like tart cherry with almost graham cracker. This has such a graham crackery, crusty... Like, I almost taste the flakes in this. Like this. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, and I don't feel like I'm out of much of a limb... Uh, Sierra Blanca. If you can get your hands on their beers, try it because we just—they just went three for three here. Right, and yeah, they're time. not that expensive. Well, um, I can see why. They, when these you are like two-dollar bottles. Right. These are not the thirty-dollar bombers like right. the ones we were trying earlier in the show. Right. So, I can so, see why when you stopped there that you were like, "We're grabbing up a bunch of this." Right. I, I've got more. I, I got like three six packs of each. That's great. Were there <laughs> other flavors that you tried that you liked, or were these there the were? Ones? But these were my top three. Okay. Well. Uh, hats off to the top three. That's fantastic. 
absolutely fantastic. Awesome. Well, it's interesting because what you brought us today were a couple of sours, which is, you know, uh, uh, unusual, and then three, I'm going to use this word in quotes, flavored beers. Right. That So, so it wasn't like, um, here's a porter, here's an IPA, here's a blonde ale, uh, even though some of these were those things, but what was recognizable about them was what what their overriding flavors were and what makes them different from other beers is what those flavors were. They also and it was uh, it was man this was great. They also didn't taste like the same beer with just some flavor in it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they they taste like very distinct different entities, you know. Right. Interesting. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Uh, yeah. and I can taste a little bit of that wheat beer base in the cherry wheat, mm-hmm. which of course you're not getting in the others. The uh, uh, the chili uh, beer is more of a like a lager, lager, with, yeah. or yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Mexican style uh, lager sort of a vibe to it. But uh, but wow, uh, very impressive stuff. Well, thank yeah. you so much. I mean, this is a new find for me, Sierra Blanca. I mean, I like your beer. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. And uh, you got to uh, learn to import it to Texas because we we will buy it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we will buy it. Well, uh, it's it's been another one of those shows, Ian, where we liked everything. So that's going to get us in real trouble. Damn it! With the critics, with the people who write the reviews. You know, I think the inherent problem with with trying to not like stuff is I like beer. Yeah, like your beer has good. to be bad for me to not like it. Mm-hmm. And we've had some beer on here we haven't liked. True, uh, but like, it's, I'm not shy about about naysaying a beer. Right, right. <laughs> but but and we've had some other things we haven't liked. But today's tequila, all these beers. Yeah, we'd be crazy to uh, to be negative about these because uh, I suppose we could find a way. What's interesting, I think, about all of these is that these are not necessarily things where you're going to run to Untapped and see them all with uh, 4.99 ratings and stuff. Right. These are going to fly under the radar a little more, and so that's what I love about doing the show is being able to pull some of those under the radar things well, remember, and make people aware of them. Just yeah. because someone else doesn't like it doesn't mean you will. Right. Mm-hmm. Drink or what more. you like. Yeah. I agree totally, and that's going to be our motto going forward. Drink what you like. Um, I'm going to have to pour a little more of this so I can oh, toast us out on the end of the show. We got plenty. Thank you very much, Adam, for being on the show and for making your, on, your yearly pilgrimage. Wait, he's going to do it one more time. God, that why may is he the better best, at that? That may have been the best one so far. Wow. That, I'm so hateful now. <laughs> Envy and jealousy are... Are ugly things, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, want to say thanks to uh, Adam, our uh, producer on Wheels of Steel. Thank you, uh, Adam, for uh, running the show. Caitlin, who will be uh, sitting in for Adam in a uh, week or two here on the program. And thanks to you, Adam Purple, uh, a.k.a. DJ. Thanks for being on the show. Cheers. And thanks to everybody for joining us for 149. 150 is next week. Cheers. Cheers.